Stoss. The button has been pushed. Mine. Alrighty then. Oh, shit. Uh, it started mine. I. All right, great. We're Let's here. fucking talk about a plan. Yeah. Hello and welcome to bonus episode. We can, we can talk about this no. year's, this season's hit movie, Plane, starring. God damn it. That, I you know what I'm doing? Ross, you know what I'm doing right now? Ross, you know what I'm what? doing right now? So, Ross, you left on Saturday. Yes. And you left some crispy, tasty beverages. Oh, yeah? I have yeah, consumed. Yeah, and I am drinking your beer. And it's delicious. I'm thinking about for those of you for those of you at home. Flight. I'm drinking a shut up. I'm drinking a heady topper, uh, because we can get that in Philly regularly now. Oh, yes. let's just get that crack. Oh, she's beautiful. And I'm thinking about how I'm depriving of Roz of it the entire time. You know, I I can also go to a store that has beer and purchase beer. No, yeah. no, you can't. We're recording. Well, We're going. More fun when know? I drink um, your beer. I'm I'm no longer. I'm I'm. I'm I'm not I'm not 19 anymore, and also this podcast does actually make us a good amount of money. You can't so tell them that. They this have is to not like we're, we're, we're with these production values. It's a bonus episode. We got a guest. We got KD from War Takes back on after the success of the Rhodesia episode. How's it going? Ooh. It's going good. I, I too am having a beverage. I am having a Michelob Ultra, but I'm having it in a Stella Artois glass because I'm I'm classy like that. I'm gonna uh, call Jill Power, you know. Oh um, wow, wow! All right, so uh, me, Roz, and War Takes are gonna fly over there, Alice, and uh, led by Katie, mm -hmm. we are going to uh, start some sort of soccer riot. Yeah, uh, Roz and I will hold back because we're drinking heady toppers, and I'm not wasting that. <laughs> so KD, you're kind of on your own here, but you do good, all right, bud. You, <laughs> you know what? Should be fine. You just have to channel Gerard Butler from the hit film Plane. Plane <laughs> Fox Office Revenue. I, if was, if, I, 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 I don't know if anyone at home is familiar with the concept uh, from Letter Red Letter Media of the "fuck you, it's January" movie. But if there yes. was ever a "fuck you, it's January" movie, it is Plane, starring Gerard Butler, now in theaters. Yeah, if Sorry, you have Gerard seen Butler as the plane, or heard <laughs> of the movie ten million dollars opening weekend, that is. I not highly good. recommend looking up the trailer for Plane, which we have kind of spoiled a bit because when I first saw it, I saw it with no information going in, and the laugh that came out of me when I saw that they had just titled it Plane, Plane, I, which I is saw, such a like. I saw it I saw it for the first time watching football with Liam last yeah. weekend, and I was just, they just called it playing. Oh my Me God. Too. I saw it watching football. For like 20 million. That's actually not so bad. I saw it watching football on Christmas Day, and I couldn't say this because I, I, I was with family and polite company, but I saw it and I just screamed in my head, fuck you, it's January. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so like divine presence to be shot. You know, title to come later. Um, it, it, plane moving. But apparently, more more than half of the movie does not take place on a plane. Yeah, no, no, of doesn't. course not. Why would this it? Fucking uh, country. <laughs> <laughs> we need to bring back a version of the Hayes Code, but for titling movies like accurately and responsibly. I think if you're if you're going to sell me on yeah, snakes on a plane uh, will be our gold it's, standard moving forward. Maybe it does not refer. To an airplane, but if rather you're make an inclined plane joke. Plane. I'm going to come over there and beat no, you. No, I'm thinking like, but that also wouldn't make sense because it occurs on an, on the Earth, which is round, so it's not a plane. I don't. It's a plane I, of existence. 
Sure. This is true. Yeah, yeah. A metaphysical um, plane. It's like um, metaphysical plane. Could, could could also be into like the kind of um, tool plane. You know, like the thing that you use like a like a router. The thing you used to like. Um, oh yeah, so you can thing level out yeah. some. Yeah, you can you can you can shave off some wood. There's yeah. that kind of plane. There's um. Why can't we just watch Smokey and the Bandit? Hmm. <laughs> no, what only they, bad what movies. What if instead from of now calling on. it? Instead of calling it Smokey and the Bandit, they called it Car and Truck. Yeah. Alice, you should have us on to do Smokey and the Goddamn Bandit. Yes. Fine. The greatest Smokey film and the ever Bandit made. Too. The greatest amongst, movie ever. Amongst, movie. The lists, amongst the list of possible planes that exist, we got the hand tool, we got the uh, geometric concept, we got the metaphysical yeah. concept, we got the thing that Gerard Butler is on, and we have this. This is an F-104 Starfighter, and uh, me and Why KB Why is it calling me a slur? Because it, it, it works for the US Air Force, is why. Um, yes. Me and KD have written some slides explaining this plane to you two, um, which you are now obliged to suffer through, because, as you say, this podcast has been remarkably commercially successful, and so you just have to deal with it. You just Thanks for nothing, Ross. You son of a bitch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, I, I dragged all y'all into this multi, is this hundred plus episode uh, ordeal, nightmare mm -hmm. adventure through the deepest, sickest parts of the human psyche, uh, which is <laughs> fucking tight. Speaking of which, Roz, you need to hang out so we can do our taxes this year. Oh yeah, we should do that. Yeah, great. You guys are gonna get busted by the IRS. We're not. Or shut no. up. We can talk about that later. <laughs> we're gonna be fine. <laughs> talk about we're that. Gonna, we're not gonna. We're not gonna get arrested. We're not. I'm not going back to prison, man. <laughs> <laughs> just begin every interaction with a federal agent that way, and see. You know, just just enjoy the way the directions that takes you in. Um, next, slide, I'm gonna have to go quickly and quietly, which is not something I'm good at doing. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, America, uh, you may have heard this, won the Second World War single-handedly. Yes. Um, and because it's America, it immediately set about thinking, how are you going to win World War III? Um, which uh, obviously nuclear was... Nuclear bombs. Yeah, A lot of nuclear them. bombs. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, MacArthur did nothing wrong. Now, uh... <laughs> I think he may have done a few things wrong. Remember how you said uh, you had a wildly successful podcast? I plan to do, in the event uh, we get cancelled, the sort of turbo cancellation uh, oh, option. God. I have two oh, Poison God. Pill episodes that I would release Rogue. Oh, oh, God. God. oh God! Just do have them on a dead man switch. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I feel the, my the, stomach the, ulcerating. You were turning yeah, the me nuclear into bombings were good, and Israel is good. Actually, those are the two episodes. <laughs> those are the two episodes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I would genuinely <laughs> rather that you like decided to rank the races. <laughs> well, the, the, this episode's on phrenology, but actually, how it's good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we uh, just, why would they call it a pseudoscience? It has science in the name. Duh. That's right. We get too too irony pilled, and we just start saying things that are bad and good. Actually, um, yeah. So, no. Uh, <laughs> I those are the poison pill. Sort of my letters of last resort. The nuclear subs are no longer in contact. 
uh, and I have to get us canceled absolutely as fast as possible and then disavow any knowledge of our existence. <laughs> so uh, World War Three was going to take place between uh, the United States and the Soviet Union seen here kissing. Um, and yes, that's nice. Yeah, that's a lot uh, of wine. God damn, it's a lot of tongue. Is what it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how else are you going to celebrate? Mm -hmm. I I also like that this is initiated by by the Soviet uh, major here. Like he's got the dude in a headlock. Uh, it's a like a real like socialist fraternal kiss hours. I'm gonna say uh, the yeah. guy doesn't look like he's hating it. No, no, <laughs> absolutely not. Um, uh, no, I listen. If I had just uh, watched. Uh, uh, Dachau inmates uh, beat their guards to death with shovels, and, mm -hmm. and at least anecdotally, their bare hands. I'd be, I'd be kissing the Soviets. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no yeah. Sort of like He's the weird, handsome. surreal vibes of like the sort of end of the Second World War, where it's I like, well, we've beards. We've like we've just stumbled across, you know, sort of the the evidence of the you know, one of the worst crimes in human history. On the other hand, we found a bunch of goofy Nazi designs. They never really got off the drawing board. Do you want to drive the prototype Kettenkrad and like kiss a dude on the mouth? Yeah, and your answer we'll do is that, yeah, but also yeah, of don't course. go in the plane that literally turns you into uh, what I can only describe as pilot jelly. Yeah, uh, yes, the, the comet, the plane so, that turns you into Gerard Butler. <laughs> so, so towards the end of the Second World War, various of uh, boffins were inventing the jet engine, something which became tremendously successful. Um, and this we led... know about the two six two. Shut the hell up. Yeah, uh, and this led to the birth of the jet fighter, and that was going to like define the sort of uh, curvatures of like air combat. Uh, after that. Um, so, essentially, right, you get this period where it's a lot like the Civil War. Like, you know how the Civil War has this, like, mismatch of tactics and technology where everybody has rifles, but they're still lining up in, like, close order and stuff? Right, yeah. and then World War One, sure, yes. Yeah, well, so, like, the Korean War is basically, like, we're gonna do, sort of, air combat doctrine designed around, like, the P-51 Mustang or whatever, but we've got a shitload of jets now. Um, yeah. And trying to it, get throat from this MiG-15 here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, the, like, the all, all sort it's of a bonus early, episode, I can say whatever the hell all, I want. All, 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 <laughs> jets, all that first generation of jets, kind of like the first intermediate generation, all kind of looked the same in that they were just like an open jet engine you strapped a cockpit and wings to. But, mm -hmm. but I was just like saying, because like, this is the first time you really get jet-on-jet -jet dogfights, because despite the fact that, you know, the Germans... The, uh, you've already had, I think, talked with Mia Mulder about how the ME-262 was was not all it's cracked up to be, but it was at least revolutionary. It was the first jet fighter that was introduced en masse, and the Allies never really, even though they introduced jets late war, it, there were never really dogfights, though they didn't no. stop us like kicking the shit out of them. One of my favorite Chuck Yeager quotes is, the first time I saw a jet, I shot it down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. but uh, so, I, like to, I like to think that, that no, that's a war crime. Never mind. <laughs> it's a bonus. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say, uh, Chuck, Egg, the image of Chuck Yeager simply teabagging a, a dead uh, Luftwaffe pilot. 
Well, if I remember correctly, he did actually shoot him down while the guy was landing. So, but I'm not sure if that's a war crime. Maybe it's Ted unsportsmanlike, but they were Nazis. So who gives yeah, a fuck? Exactly. Who gives a shit? Right. Point, we'll, yeah. we'll get to what some of those Nazi ME262 pilots did next. Um, oh, yes. Join <laughs> uh, NASA. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so in, in the Korean War, you had uh, this thing top right, the uh, F 86 Sabre, which got its dick kicked in by the MiG 15, whose NATO reporting name we will not be saying. Even yeah, though it's it a bonus the, episode, it is the Big Fifteen slur. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the, the the Big Fifteen. God <laughs> uh, damn it! Uh, it was a different I actually, time. <laughs> I have I have a fun story actually that I've never got to tell on this podcast. Speaking oh. of Nazis, so my grandfather, uh, may he lie in eternal peace wherever he is, uh, worked for NASA in the very 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 early days, so the Mercury program and so on, and. One day they brought in Werner von Braun. Oh boy! And my granddad was Jewish and one of the only Jews working at NASA, and knew what he, Mr. von Braun, had did. And they all, you know, these being NASA guys, uh, stood up and uh, went Heil Hitler, whoop! Uh, except for my granddad, who apparently sat so petulantly, he was uh, asked to leave the room and then didn't, and simply took his lunch and went home. Fantastic. <laughs> and stormed out and knocked a bunch of shit over. Hats nice. fucking off to Liam's grandpa. Yeah. So, this MiG-15 is very successful. And the reason why it's successful the MiG-15 is... MiG-15 friend, right? It's the friend, we're not yeah, calling it the, the main name. Yeah, we'll call it that. Yeah. So the MiG-15 the, the, Flyers fan. Uh-huh. Because I heard, I heard the afterwards. The Yeah. <laughs> Is uh, it's more maneuverable, right? Like it's a sort of um, it's a much more capable dogfighter than than Sabre is. Um, I'll be a little bit of an F eighty six defender. I, I'm not going to argue that the MiG fifteen isn't better, but I have a soft spot for it. It's not a bad plane. The MiG fifteen is just better. Sure, it's uh, like it, the whole time the CIA in between, like you know, giving everybody LSD is trying like fuck to get its hands on a MiG fifteen, which they eventually do. The guy defects with one. Um, but I have a quote here from uh, Air Force Lieutenant General Charles Chick Cleveland, because you've got to have a dumb nickname to be an Air Force right. officer. Uh, you have to remember that the little MiG 15 in Korea was successfully doing what all the Fokker Wolfs and Messerschmitts of World War II were never able to do drive the United States bomber force right out of the sky. Well, um, you know who you can thank in part for that? Hmm. The United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. <laughs> the north of Ireland. Oh, it's why? the north of Ireland. Because because you because you, you know what the 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 Klimov VK1 engine in the MiG-15 was. Yeah, it's a Rolls-Royce Neen or something like that. Because we yeah. gave it. We gave the Atlee uh, the Atlee from Ministry gave um, a bunch of these Rolls Royces uh, uh, these like very advanced jet engines that had basically only a military use to the Soviet Union on the basis of trying to build goodwill. Stalin took one look at this and went, these people are idiots, immediately copy this, which they did. Um, yeah. And so that's a Rolls Royce in that MiG-15. Yeah. He said to like Mikhail yeah. Gravovich, one of the heads of MiG, he was like, what kind of idiot's going to give us his fucking secrets? And then they gave them to them! So... Yeah. the the. The saber is fine. It's just it's it's Americans doing American stuff, which is you overbuild and it's yeah. complex and technologically advanced. 
And the pilots hate it. The M16 is a good rifle. The M16 <laughs> is a good rifle. I say as I'm dragged away. <laughs> yeah, but it needs like dialing in and it needs, you know, stuff like this. Whereas the MiG-15 sort of like works out of the box because it's built with guys with hammers, you know? Um, yes. And also bear in mind, all of these pilots on both sides came up during World War II, more or less. And so if you started your career flying a Mustang or something like that, and you're suddenly in this, you're riding this jet engine that has, you know, the, the finest technology of the 1950s in it. It's, it's baffling to you. you. You go ultimate boomer mode. And so what you want is a, a fighter with a gun on it, with none of this like gay radar shit. Um, radar, one might say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Colonel Gabby Gabreski, who, um, railroad connection here, was president of the Long Island Railroad for a couple of years and then gave up in disgust. Thankless job right there at Long Island <laughs> Railroad in the 50s. Yeah. <laughs> worse, worse than being a pilot in the Korean War. Uh, his the thing that he says is that he wants to be able to like sight enemy aircraft by sticking a piece of chewing gum to the windshield. Um, <laughs> that's the sort of like level of technological accuracy we want. So this becomes like um, a new specification, right? This is the basis for the Air Force going to manufacturers and saying, "We want a new plane that does this. We want a big, dumb, well, small, fast, dumb fighter." And uh, we get several entrants. First of which, next slide, please. This guy, I love this. This, oh boy, this is Republic Aviation's entry. The hysterical-looking and sounding XF ninety-one Thunderceptor. I love this. some Thunderceptor, kind of uh, yes! some kind of some kind of like elongated walrus. Every time yeah. I look at it, you know what I see? I see David Byrne from the Talking Heads in the big oversized suit. <laughs> and you might I mean, find yourself flying in a goofy jet. <laughs> surprisingly good David Byrne. So, the, as you may be able to tell from this, manufacturers are experimenting with different wing shapes. And aerodynamics is still kind of a novel science in the way that we would understand it today. And so all of this shit's going through like iterations and wind tunnels. And Republic tries this. Um, they do a test flight with it. They build two prototypes. The second prototype, the tail melts during the test flight. It's fine. Um, so not I also, that aerodynamic. No. Uh, or is it also, too aerodynamic? Hmm. The fuel capacity no, for because this. It wouldn't, <laughs> you wouldn't have friction building up enough heat to melt the tail. Okay, blinded me with science here. Yeah, so, th this will be an important consideration later. But the f the fuel capacity for this twenty five minutes flying time. That's not um, very good. That's not very good. GTI so, at VMAX rate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you so, think about how long a nuclear war would have lasted, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, <laughs> that's true. Enough so, to fly out of range and blow the bomb, and then come back and land on mm -hmm. what's left of the runway. So and that's this, the end of that chapter. <laughs> this gets a sort of like extremely loud, incorrect buzzer from the US Air Force. No sale. <laughs> uh, second contender. This is North Americans. Uh, F-107A. What is going on here? That is a <laughs> big-ass air intake over the cockpit. 
Wow. It almost looks like they took a plane and strapped another strapped plane to on another top. Plane. That's a, yeah. I thought this had like a parasite on top of it. That's going to yeah. be next year's next year's hit film, Plane 2, Two Planes. <laughs> <laughs> Play 2, Plane Harder. But they hadn't really figured out how an air intake was meant to fit into the like the shape of an airplane yet. And so y- you get like, okay, we don't put it like on the bottom like a MiG-15, we put it, well, why not put it on the top instead and have it run the whole length of the thing? Um, this is actually okay as a plane, it's like quite practical, but it commits the cardinal sin. It looks goofy as fuck. Um, it's also sort of like, by necessity, like a bit more, it's a better as a fighter bomber than a pure fighter because it's so large, it's like huge. The other the, thing about this... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I think you are about to say what I was about to say. <laughs> the other thing about this is, uh, this is about the time that ejection suits are being developed. Uh, and, you know, imagine ejecting out of this thing. You have uh, a jet engine <laughs> I got, I got an easy solution here. We just eject the engine before the guy goes out. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I can see no problem with having the entire engine on a fighter jet be capable of being ejected with the push of a button. <laughs> Yeah, the engine fall off button that you have anxiety from fear of flying about. Um, yes, yeah, this so one actually you, has it. <laughs> if if you try and eject into this, you get sucked into the engine and killed, which is not great. Um, so kind of defeats the purpose. Yeah, extremely loud, incorrect buzzer. The Air Force no no sale. They will come back to this later. They will later buy F one hundred sevens as as sort of like a courtesy thing, but not for this specific thing. Uh, Next slide, please. We are the one we know least about. Um, this is the Northrop N102 Fang. And the furthest it ever got was this sort of like uh, plywood prototype model. It looks well, great, though. It, 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 does, it does not commit the cardinal sin of looking goofy. This one looks yeah. cool. Yeah. Like the the army, I got it up put in a real tough position recently, choosing the successor to the Blackhawk, in that they had to choose between a uh, two aircraft that were making the cardinal sin of looking goofy, because one was nope. a tilt rotor and the other was a coaxial with a push rotor. What? Oh yeah, yeah. They both they look like going, absolute you know, ass. They, they look like the absolute rotor, ass. Right? And they went with the tilt rotor, so they went with the Blackhawk Osprey, which I'm sure will have no problems whatsoever. It will have episode. a yeah, watch this space. <laughs> watch this space. You can have me back on for that one. No, actually, you should have you should have uh, Francis and Nate back on for that one. It'll be a nice sort of sequel to the Osprey episode. Yeah. Yes. Also, one thing I like about the Fang here is it looks a lot like an FA-18. You can kind of see that, like, you have this that idea. Was the just... direction they wanted to go. Yeah, it looks yeah, like yeah. an F-18 cross with a French Mirage. Yeah, it's interesting. It's a big delta wing. Um, I like it though. But Northrop isn't fast enough with this. Like, it, it's maybe it's a good idea. We don't know because by the time they've built this thing, uh, they get outpaced by. Next slide, please. What if a Swedish man was American? Oh uh, boy. This is uh, this is a dude called Kelly Johnson. Um, he designed, amongst other things, the U-2, the spy plane. Um, also the built band. Area 51. <laughs> yeah, we could live without the band. <laughs> Bono, you son of a bitch. 
Incidentally, um, uh, Kelly is like a, a nickname, I think, because his uh, actual first name is Claire, not to dead name him. But he got made fun <laughs> of too much in school, <laughs> so, so he was like, "Okay, no, fuck it, I'm changing it." This is back Fair when enough. dudes could be like named Leslie, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I mean, we just had a, we just, we just had a, 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 a Air Force oh. Colonel dude uh-huh. earlier named Gabby. Oh, no. It was just a Uh-oh. different time. KD, you dropped out. Tell me, we didn't. Uh oh! Is everyone else there? Shit! Did we? Uh, Well, yeah, he's. Oh, I'm back! I'm back! Sorry, that was my bad. Uh, I'm back. Okay, Uh, but I I, I'm not sure where we left off. But I mean, I I think we left off. We were talking about his name, and we did have a colonel named Gabby earlier. So I mean, I guess that was just the style at the time. That's true. You could just have a girl name. Uh, It it was not. It was not weird at that time. Um. But also the other thing about this, this American dude, born and raised in America, uh, speaks with an American accent. But somehow, to uh, his boss at Lockheed, he is forever Swedish. His last name's Johnson, <laughs> which is like so anglicized. But he's like, the thing he says about him is that damned Swede can actually see air. Count on Americans to find a way to be racist against Swedish people. We're a good people. <laughs> We're a hearty folk. Uh, yeah, you know who he kind of looks like? You know who would play this guy in the movie? Uh, hmm. Brendan Gleeson. Yeah, well, you're right. I'm, I'm looking at this guy. He does look like a squarehead to me. I... <laughs> <laughs> All right, why don't we settle down there, Norway? You want to be a, you want to be a client state again? Where you're well on your way. Bring back the union. Uh, he founds Lockheed's Skunk Works division, which still makes all of the like secret fun stuff. Uh, incidentally, it's named for a, a comic book reference because everyone back then was nerds. Um, it was initially Skunk Works, but that was copyrighted. Um, and and he was sort of this oh, how like that's changed. Yeah, <laughs> he was this sort of like titan of of aerospace. He had like. 14 rules of doing business, plus a secret 15th rule, which was starve before doing business with the Navy. Um, that makes sense. Smart man. The way what I know yeah. about the United States Navy, uh, this man was a fucking genius. Yeah. <laughs> the basis of that rule was they don't know what they want, and they will like waste all of your time and money making you figure it out. Nothing has changed at all. <laughs> Uh, but so he outmaneuvers all of the previous three, the like the Thunder Scepter, the F-107, uh, the N-102, all of these uh, are sort of effortlessly, bureaucratically outmaneuvered by Kelly Johnson. And his idea, which we got on the next slide, in a wind tunnel, the F-104, oh, I should say the XF-104, because this right. is like... These things change a fair amount between uh, between prototype and, and production phase. Sometimes not so much, but sometimes enough that let me put this way. Sometimes enough that they need separate Wikipedia articles, as this has. I like the guy yeah. who's just wandered in here and is just sort it's of like chilling. taking in the view. Yeah, um, so probably fine. If you if you recall the original brief here, the chewing gum windshield thing. This is meant to be simple, fast, small. Um, kind of like a muscle car, actually, is the analogy mm-hmm. I would use. You put a big engine in it, it goes very fast. Um, you know, like how, how like, um, uh, 
fuck, what's the Dodge muscle car called? Um, Charger, the Challenger. The Charger, the yeah. Challenger. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, the Charger has like one trick, which is like zero to 30, uh, zero to sixty, and like you know nothing. Ruined by just... being a cop car now. Straight yeah. line <laughs> yes. speed. That's all you need. Yeah. Exactly the same with this. Um, Quarters and... are for pussies. <laughs> yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, I'm going to talk about interceptors too, as opposed to fighters. That basically is the th- the concept behind an interceptor: is quarters are for pussies. Yeah. <laughs> Turning is for pussies. Back, back when we thought that the way that a nuclear war would happen would be like massed bomber formations come and drop like unguided nuclear bombs on you, um, the point of an interceptor was you have this plane that like goes from being in the hangar to 30 seconds later in the air shooting down those bombers. And then a minute after that, it runs out of fuel, but that's fine. It doesn't need a lot of like loitering time it's meant to get up get into combat get you know and then don't worry about it because nuclear yeah. war has happened if there's a, if there's a spectrum between fighter and interceptor fighters prize maneuverability while interceptors prides speed and that's sort of the spectrum between fighter and interceptor when it comes to planes that shoot down other planes yeah uh well, it's, it's interesting to me because like the the doctrine here of like wh- what do you do after you shoot down the bomber um, or the bomber equivalent, what do you do after you drop your nuclear weapons? It's sort of like, in militaries that like formalized everything, uh, you know, it's just sort of written down as, ah, don't worry about it. And I really like that sort of like intellectual lacuna, right, of you are supposed to get killed here, but we're not going to just say that. Um, <laughs> It'd be uncouth. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so th- this is this is brought in as as a fighter, but it's sort of like it falls a bit between two stools, you know? Um, yeah. Because the, the Air Force was working on purpose-built, like, sort of interceptors that were designed from the bottom up to shoot down Russian bombers. Those are the sort of the Delta, yeah, it, it's the uh, F-102 and F-106 and sort of the Delta series, but they had been delayed, so this thing kind of gets which was designed as a fighter, kind of gets drafted into being an interceptor because it's, it's good enough to do that. Yeah. Um, next slide, please. So they, they put this thing into testing. Uh, I love this photo, by oh, the way. Wow. This is what they should have had yeah. on the F-107. <laughs> yes. You void the engine. This is uh, my favorite detail about this. They changed this pretty quickly, but the initial uh, prototypes had an ejection seat that fired downwards. And mm, I can ooh. think of a lot of ways that can go wrong. Well, it's it's not what you call zero zero capable, right? Like if you if you fire the ejection seat when it's on the ground, you're going to fucking Australia, you know? Right. <laughs> um, I'm not gonna lie, Alice. When I first saw you put this into the the slide deck when we were first drafting it, I thought this guy was in a wheelchair. It's like, oh, it's yeah, me capable. too. Yeah. It's like the world's first wheelchair accessible air superiority fighter. What um, they should have done, what they should have done to make this still work is rather than, <laughs> rather than rather than the chair moving, the whole airframe moves away from the chair. Uh, <laughs> like the disintegration of my Jeep Cherokee, yes. <laughs> you just have a bunch of sort of like space shuttle style like explosive bolts that just disintegrate the aircraft around you and like perfectly yes. separated pieces. Um just like the Blues Brothers car. Yeah. Mercedes so, so, built gull wings like that where they had explosive bolts in the doors in case you rolled. 
That's cool. I mean, that's more advanced than fucking the Tesla that locks you in when it loses power and you just. No, the, the you... Mercedes is just a bomb. Germans <laughs> know how to build them. <laughs> Look, like it may be a bomb, but if you leave it in a garage for a month, it's not going to grow an ecosystem on it. Right. Safety bomb. Um, Safety bomb. Wait for Elon to come out with the car that kills you instantly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he already has. Um, so it's, they, a, it's, they... a, it's still a beta. They're still working to that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they do their right stuff, Chuck Yeager shit. I think they actually test this at Area 51, although I might be wrong about that. Uh, some, somewhere in the desert. And they do a Either lot that of, like, or like Edwards. It's somewhere in the yeah. desert. So and they do their like real fast um, uh, desert flights. And this is an incredibly fast aircraft. Uh, this is the first combat aircraft capable of Mach, Mach 2 flight, um, which is not a speed, but a sort of a relative thing, but it's, it's very fast. Um, it's also the only aircraft in history to simultaneously hold the world's speed and altitude records, which it got at the same time. Um, and again, I mean, it's, it's, you, get it, you get it up to Mach 2, and then you point it upwards, and you're like, Let, let's see when it, let's, let's see when the ballistic trajectory uh, sort of... Uh, yeah, oh. well, I mean... Th <laughs> this first is... plane to also be a ballistic missile. <laughs> They did this with uh, with shit like the X twenty dinosaur and and stuff like that. The idea of like, well, what if instead of like building a rocket spacecraft, what if we just have a plane that just goes really really fast and then tilts up? And the answer is, you almost kill Chuck Yeager, um, and he gets very <laughs> mad at you, and you have to stop doing that. Yeah, we we will talk more about that later. <laughs> <laughs> But so th this ends up being. You can get the space, but good luck circularizing that orbit. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Doing some interesting space plane experiments in Kerbal Space Program like that. Um, uh, but so th this is a tremendously capable aircraft in some ways. And strangely, it ends up being for something that was designed as a fighter, something that works a lot better as an interceptor. It's very uh, sort of like unintentionally designed in that way. Uh, but next slide, please. Okay, I just want to say, this one was not me. <laughs> no, not no, necessarily that, I disapprove me. of it, but... Mm -hmm. No, I, I put this in here. Because uh, we got to talk about what this thing was meant to do when it encountered the enemy, which was to kill them with weapon systems. What were those weapon systems? So... Initially, they wanted a gunfighter, right? Because that's what fucking Gabby Gabreski, president of the Long Island Railroad, wanted. Um, right. You put, a, you put a big gun on it. Uh, on the right here, if we sort of temporarily quarantine ourselves, we look at the right side of this slide. Um, if you think of like a, like a minigun, uh, this is like the first modern interpretation of like that sort of Gatling gun, rotary barrel technology. This is an M61 Vulcan. Um, which has not uh, really been improved on since. It's 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 one of those no. things like the M2, which is like, okay, I guess we just peaked. We've this is it. just what it is. We've got it. All right, we, guy, we built the best gun. A guy in a check shirt and like, <laughs> um, you know, boots. Uh, just just put one of these it's like in a plane. Vergoda. Why is Abe Vergoda yeah. loading up? Abe Vergoda. Abe Vergoda designed the perfect gun. If you if you look at the bandolier over his shoulder with a belt over his shoulder, you can see the size of the rounds this thing fires. Um, it's it's a weapon that's meant to kill aircraft really quickly. Um, and so they they, they put one of hey, these. Vigoda, of course, uh, the the gun lasted almost as long as he has. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so they put Wait, one is of these. He still in the... alive? 
Oh so. God! Now I ha- now you have me wondering. I, I yeah. uh, Dave Dakota. Uh, oh, 2016. Ah, oh, damn. God damn it. R.I.P. to a real one. Yeah. yeah. Uh. But so... Um, always remember his gun, though. Yeah. <laughs> Vagoda gun. The M61 Vagoda. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so they put one of these on the, the F-104, or the XF-104, uh, take it up for a test flight, try and fire it, First time they fire it, it explodes the front of the plane. Ah. Seems white. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, well done, Not good for aerodynamics, I mean, though. To be fair, most, most very early development of most guns, whether they be on planes or in your hands, usually very early stages of development, most of them explode at some point. So yeah. maybe you just shouldn't be flying when you try to test if it's going to explode it, or not. It, it has some sort of like weird flight characteristics too. Like when you fire it, it sort of like jiggles the whole plane, which is Presumably an uncomfortable sensation. Oh, the plane um, jeweler. Yeah. Um, and, but so this is the main armament. And then shortly after this, um, the US gets very heavily into stolen, well, not even stolen, oper- let's say paper clipped German guided missile technology. Huh. Um, How about that? And yeah, and, in, and invents the AIM 9 Sidewinder, anthropomorphized here as. A noise musician girl's big tits because it makes a noise. It makes the fucking brr noise. It makes noise. Uh, mm. Yeah, <laughs> that that noise is part of how it knows where it is and where it isn't. Um, it also knows where it is. Y- yes. Uh, yes. And it's fucking great to be honest. I mean, they're still so, using yeah, another it today. one that's still being used. They're up to variant num- uh, X now. They're almost out of letters. They're gonna need to come up with a replacement before they get to Z. You have to go they to like have, Excel they style have, uh, AA. They all have big titty anime girls associated oh, yeah. with them, or how does yeah. that work? Uh, unfortunately, okay. no. <laughs> but you know, it's funny. It's it's funny. You know, this thing has become wildly successful. But first of all, it delayed actually the F one hundred four coming into service because at the last minute they were like, wait, wait, we got to make sure it fires this thing now. Um, mm-hmm. But also. Uh, Initially, not very reliable. This was a problem with most first-generation infrared missiles. Uh, during the Six-Day War, they kind of like did they, they? I don't want to say traumatized, but they basically Israeli pilots got one spit and twice shy for them because uh, basically every time they shot one, and they had a fifty-fifty chance of just dropping off. And they would call them in Hebrew "bedon," which uh, is the same word as fuel tank, because it would just drop off like a fuel tank. I'll do it. There is, there they, is a they detail. There. there is a funny story that I like about this, which is the Soviets were able to copy the technology in the Sidewinder because of one of these failures, where the missile fires, does the warhead does not detonate, and it embeds in the plane. And this Soviet Jesus. pilot comes back to base. It's a Chinese pilot, I think. It was it was a Chinese like MiG fifteen, I think. It got embedded yeah. there because like uh, they we had rushed them to Taiwan during the first or second Strait crisis. Taiwanese pilot fires it at a Chinese MiG. It gets lodged in the MiG intact, does not explode. The Chinese guy flies it back, and since they're still on good terms with the Soviets, they let the Soviets have it, and that's how they get their first generation air to air missile. Nervous landing, apart from anything. <laughs> else and then i hope he got the order of something <laughs> yeah once it's on the ground you got to do a kind of like bomb removal surgery from this plane 
but yeah, not very reliable. And so much so that Israeli pilots for years would train for gun kills first because they would not trust air-to-air missiles. The first kill in an F-15 is a gun kill by an Israeli pilot because they didn't trust missiles because they're just fucking weirdos. There is also a recurring theme here, which is that ever since they first invented the big TSC anime girl, uh, Air Force officers of every country have been trying to take guns off of the plane. Um, because, you know, that's the annoying and old and grimy and, you know, I, I like to think of myself as a beyond visual range, knight of the sky sort of thing. Uh, and shooting a guy, that doesn't really, like, you know, figure into that calculus. And every time they do it, pilots hate it. Um, like, I, I think the F-35 had to, like, they had to give them the uh, concession of, we will give you a gun you can mount to the outside if you promise think, you never mm-hmm. use it. It's, it's, they have that on the B variant, which is the Marines VTOL variant. I think the A and C variants do have an internal cannon. What if they put the gun in the missile? Missile. Then you, missile fire, you fire the missile at the other airplane, and then it starts shooting at it. Well, they already have gun pods, so you just put a rocket engine on gun pods and have them fly off like missiles. Perfect. Trillion dollar we... idea. Patent pending. <laughs> Patent pending. We are now an arms yeah, dealer. We, yeah, yes. we, 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 found, we found the solution here. Oh, God. Um, Eisenhower yeah. warned me about this. WTYPWardDogs.com. Yes. I am going to Pentagon.gov and I am going to the Contact Us tab. I have had a trillion dollar idea. And we'll once take it's successful, yeah. And once it's successful, some some artist can uh, can make an anime girl of it. Uh, next slide, Hell please. Yeah. So this is this is your slides. This is yeah. This is this is part one of I think maybe two about uh, what's actually kind of wrong with this thing because we heard a lot of things about it's got some things going for us. It is not without its issues, uh, especially early on. Um, now, I'm take mine here, I'm not an engineer or an aerodynamicist, so some of the stuff I might be describing correctly, but I'm going to do my best. Um, You're on the read had, from the Wikipedia podcast. You're fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, yeah. in defense of that, like, so many things in Wikipedia, as long as you check the sourcing, so many things in Wikipedia just say what you would find if you had gone out and find 15 different sources anyway. Just check the sources. Um, anyway, uh, high wing loading. Uh it gave it, a, which this would increase when it had weapons and things hanging off the wings. It would give it a tendency to just decide that suddenly it was going to pitch up and its angle of attack would just increase drastically. This would be followed by uncontrolled yawing and rolling, which is typically yeah, sometimes what you're not, it just like yeah. tries to kill you by like flying upwards. It wants to go to space, it wants to make you an astronaut, whether you like it or yeah. not. Exactly. This was they tried to fix this by they added automatic pitch control and a, a stick shaker uh, and stick pusher, which is like one of those things where if you start to go towards stall sort of inclination, you, you see this a lot uh, on on commercial aircraft as well. Uh, pilots with those sometimes just manually ignore this, despite the fact that the aircraft's manual France, said do four, not four, ignore seven, this. Seven, yeah. baby. Uh, yeah, no, that's that's a that's a nightmare. But I've had <laughs> the stick back the whole time. Um, I, 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 I describe this like the reason things like this happen is because I, in my perception, pilots, especially fighter pilots, are the dumbest smart guys on the planet. 
because they have to know things like like a certain amount of math and technical aptitude and things in order to be operating an aircraft or a machine of this complexity but they also get to the point where they're just you know so confident in abilities that even though they know logically they shouldn't do things their reaction is just well i'm just built different yes <laughs> smartest dumb guys on the planet sorry go ahead yeah. alice you were saying something well also that like uh especially once we got into like the age of the jet fighter the range of like possible thinking time reaction time was compressed to the point that it sort of becomes vibes in a lot of ways anyway um, a lot of superstition involved with flying a jet yeah. aircraft i think yeah um gotta besiege the tech priests mm-hmm. the that's why they're all evangelicals yeah, <laughs> well, we can blame focus on the family for that. Yeah, <laughs> one of the smartest investments they made moving to Colorado Springs. Um, yeah, so it's it's got the the stick pusher, which is great. If you if it's if it decides to go to space, the the machine itself will physically put like hunch the stick forward and be like, no, no, you don't. It's, yeah, it's like it. at war with itself for a second, which is great. Also has an issue with what is called T-tail flutter. This is illustrated by this diagram on the left, which is uh, showing it occurring with an, with an air. This is this is happening with an Airbus A400M oh, cargo plan. Uh, I'm not sure if you you're familiar with aircraft. It should not do that. Uh, it basically, the, the 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 they call it flutter, but really, it literally the wings and the tail just start flexing, and this would happen at transonic speeds because of the way of the F-104 center of gravity relative to where like the engine and stuff was actually attached, the fuselage. So like its tail would just flex and it really shouldn't do that. Um, is this an part- exaggerated diagram to show sort of what's happening or is this actually how much like it twists? <laughs> oh, that's an excellent question. I didn't think to check that when I got it. I want to yeah. think that this is just, uh, it just, this is just how much it flexes because yeah. that's both hilarious and horrifying. <laughs> I mean, it is, it is weird how much planes I'm, I'm can with flex, that. but I, uh, that, yeah, I think I, this I, is a sort of non-survivable that's... flight configuration here. Yeah, no, I, I, let me just put it this way. I wouldn't want to be on it if it was doing that. This no. is true, yes. Um, it was also the first aircraft to use the new J-79 engine we have here from General Electric, which would go on, another thing that would go on to be wildly successful, they would install two of these on the F-4 Phantom II, which is one of my favorite aircraft of all time. It's a big, dumb um, muscle, muscle car engine. But it, it had a new feature. This was called Variable Incident Compressor Stator Blades, TM copyright patent, uh, which mm. under the right conditions, this could cause an engine failure on takeoff, basically because it would send false readings from sudden temperature changes. And you don't really want the engine just suddenly failing on takeoff. You kind of need that to take off. Uh, another problem, a little, little quirk it had, the thrust nozzles, which you see there, the variable thrust nozzles are the things you see open and closed to, you know, for when a jet's going into like full afterburner. You could just open without being told to. It just decided it wants to open, which... um. Yeah, would sure. result in a drastic loss of thrust, which if you were at low altitudes, that's just that's unrecoverable. You're not pulling up at that. They did eventually fix that, but it took the apparently, uh, according to Kelly Johnson, uh, it took them like nine years to finally fix it <laughs> mm. uh, to, to stop the the engine that like dumps all of its power out of it instantly. Um, it did. went on to become a great engine, but it had a lot of teething issues. Like it would just sometimes the F one hundred four would just get afterburner blowout right on takeoff, and sometimes the engine just wouldn't start so this is it there's kind of a broader point here which is that a lot of the stuff that we talk about is uh sort of 
it's unfair in a way, right? Because the F-104, for reasons we'll get to, but including these, is a bad aircraft, right? But all of the problems that it had allowed the stuff that used like all of its technology to be good aircraft. And it's it's sort of like it's it's like a pharmacos. It's like a sacrificial lamb in that way. Um and it's it it, it sucks for it because you, you just go, uh, you know, all of this stuff was eventually made good using lessons learned on this, but it still sucked. Um yep. and planes, yep. you know, we talked about this a bit on Edsor as well. Planes like cars, you know, we talked about superstition, get a reputation, and this is a plane with a bad reputation. Um but next slide, we'll talk about the primary consumer, the people who asked for this in the first place, the United States Air Force. Um, yeah, they, they, the, they bore some. And their opinion of them was generally just, meh. Like, they, they had the ground up three months in the service because they had access to the work. engine and the gun. Like, the gun was just the gun that loved to explode, and the engine was just the <laughs> engine that loved to stop being an engine. Um, out of all the Century series of fighters, like all those F-100s, uh, various like F-100 series of fighters, it had the highest accident rate in Air Force service. Um, by the time they, they phased it out, they lost 25.2 over 100,000 flight hours. Uh, we'll compare that to, say, like 16 for the F-100 Super Saber, uh, about 10 for the F-101 Voodoo. It had a high accident rate. Uh, but even without the accidents, they were kind of over it from the moment they got it. They, they only ended up buying about a little shy of 300 of these, which, you know, when you look at how many they bought of other jets during the Cold War, that's like nothing. Yeah, in full uh, military industrial complex mode, they're like, yeah, yeah we'll take 300. They originally were going to buy <laughs> 700. Part of this was their co the air combat doctrine, as Alice sort of alluded to earlier on, was changing. They were they were getting to a phase where they were favoring interceptors over, and fighter bombers over fighters. They thought the age of dogfighting was just kind of over. Um, something that would not come back to bite them in Vietnam when they found out uh, flying Whoopsie. super high-speed fighters, uh, interceptors that couldn't really maneuver against uh, subsonic MiGs that could maneuver really well was not a recipe for success. Also, they didn't have guns anymore. Um, yeah, because that's they unfashionable. Send, they did send this to Vietnam, and it did not get a single air-to-air -air kill whatsoever, despite flying a bunch of missions. Uh, though it still managed to, uh, they still managed to lose. I think like, God, like fifteen, fourteen of them, despite the fact it never got a kill. Some of these were <laughs> so accidents. My, my KD ratio in in Call yeah. of Duty. Um, uh, some of these are accidents, some were shootdowns. My favorite one, though, my favorite one was an F-104 uh, strayed over uh, the, the Chinese border and was shot down by a, peop a Chinese People's Liberation Army Navy J-6 fighter, which in itself is a MiG-15, which in itself is just an improved MiG-15. So it was literally shot down by the thing it was designed in response to. And then, and then, two F-104s crashed into each other looking for the plane that got shot down. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Just, 
And that's kind of just like the coda to its service. Like not long after this, it was pulled out of Vietnam. It was retired from the active duty Air Force by 1969. The Air Force is just like you're just embarrassing yourself. It, it was only in ser- active duty service for like a ye- 11 years. And by like 1972, 73, the Air National Guard didn't even have them anymore. So it's just like they were just they had it and they decided they were just kind of done with it. And well, yeah, uh, we'll get a little if, bit more if, into that. If you want to if, if you want to see uh, a cope about this, the like official US Air Force history of the F-104 in Vietnam says, uh, yeah, OK, they didn't shoot anything down. And yeah, they we did still lose some anyway, but they played a valuable role in protecting uh, AWACS planes like, you know, uh, airborne early warning radars. And thanks to them. We never got one of those shot down, so... I, I uh, mean, I'd respect them more if they were just like, well, you win some, you lose some, you know? Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> and crucially, do the... not put in the Wikipedia that we were mad. Don't yeah. write that we were mad. <laughs> it, it, it's the tiger-repellent rock, you know? It's, it's, it's specious reasoning. Um, so I, I just put in a little interim slide here uh, next up of what it looks like in National Guard livery, just because I think it looks good. Um, I miss I, when we just used to like not even put like we we don't put Air National Guard specific stuff on planes anymore. I no. liked it better when they just used to do that because it made it seem like every state had their own Air Force. Yeah, now it's all just like tail codes, which is boring. I I, I want to yeah, get boring. especially the stuff that they actually do, like pulling over planes or whatever. I I like that you should you know have Arizona Air Guard or like Texas Air Guard or whatever on the side just to like really enhance the sort of like air policing mission um what's going on with this plane back here that seems to have had its back blown out <laughs> zaddy yeah too much tail flexing apparently yeah 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 it, was, it had still, a little bit of tail flutter don't worry about it still managed to get it on the ground somehow <laughs> listen they the arizona and air national it, guard is just that good justin mm. <laughs> that's why they so had they, barry goldwater yeah uh, oh, no, so then... no one's no one's left one up there yet. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what they were trying to do with the the dinosaur. Um, so even the Air National Guard, they get rid of them seventy five, and that's the podcast. Thanks for watching. Made it a quick one this time. Thank you for subscribing nice. to the Patreon. Wow. Wait, wait. There's more. Next oh, slide, fine. please. <laughs> <laughs> so this is this is one of my favorite genres of copywriting. This is like. So you need to like do some Don Draper magazine marketing shit for your fighter jet, and there's a ton of these because they used to do it in like trade publications, as if Air Force officers were sitting around reading, you know, fighter jet monthly, which I guess they were, because yeah. you know. All right, here's what we do: we call it a missile with a man in it. <laughs> and they did. That's that's the marketing pitch for this: is it's so fast, it's like a missile with a dude. Um, and the US Air Force, they like it. They they didn't like it. Doesn't matter. Not important. Because you're trying to sell this to foreign air forces. You're trying to make back some of your losses on not you know having the Air Force buy seven hundred of them. Um and so Lockheed goes to everyone, everyone who could conceivably want an air force and goes, Would you like to buy the missile with a man in it? Um mm. And, and lucky for them, no. right about this time, right about, well, that's because you're sensible and it's not the cold war. You're a dumbass. 
Yeah. Right about this time, NATO, the smaller NATO nation, there was like I think a NATO wide tender trying to find like a does, like a light it, fighter bomber. Does it come with the man? Do I own the man as well? No, yes. you got to put oh, your so own you man in there. You want to with a man in it? Why? Because you want to be around blokes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, so, I think well, I, I don't. I don't want to own a man. I feel like that's. Yeah, yeah. don't do that. We sort of established that was a bad thing back look, in the eighteen sixties. Look, look, we 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 thought we established already. You guys aren't canceling the podcast yet. Liam has episodes for that. <laughs> so, yeah. if, if you if you are an air force right you got a couple of options you can buy a mig 21 uh if you want to like get sovietized you can buy a dasso mirage if you want to get frenchified you can buy this or you can design your own thing um and those are the options that await you and a lot of people go for this lockheed has this deal of the century right which is uh, a bunch of air forces are going to buy this, and this is going to be like the staple. This is going to be the thing that's going to be the like the backbone of a bunch of like Western allies. Um, I, I like Deal of the Century because it kind of has a dual meaning. Because yeah, Deal of the Century, century it's a really good. Yeah, you know, I think technically, technically, uh, it would be incorrect if the F four Phantom still had its original. Uh, designation, which was the F one ten Spectre, originally was a, a Century series before they redesignated oh, a way it. Cooler name. I know. I'm so pissed. Blame the tri service designation system. Ugh. Uh, but yeah, this is this is very successful for Lockheed. Uh, I next slide, please. I like this wanna... third advertisement here. Look at all these countries that are using the F one hundred four. Yeah, look at these United beautiful States. roundels. Canada, Nazi, <laughs> uh, red such, circle, whatever a, this is. I don't know. Japan. <laughs> for one, I thought that last one, I know that last one's the Netherlands, but for one, I thought it was Czechoslovakia, and I was like, that ain't right. <laughs> it's, it's Czechoslovakia. We're practically going, giving them away. <laughs> really <laughs> off the reservation there. Uh, <laughs> just like, you know. But the, the funniest thing you could do is, I think, is sell them to Yugoslavia. Just like, yeah, we, I mean, we sold so... a lot of jets to Yugoslavia. We they were flying F eighty six Sabers for a while, and they were driving around in M forty seven Patton tanks. <laughs> I I love alignment, you know. <laughs> I, Eisenhower sold them a bunch of stuff because we were afraid that the, the Russians would go through them to get to like Italy. And since Tito wasn't on good terms, it was one of those countries, much like pre pre anarchy somalia and a couple others who were like yeah they're communists but there are communists damn it the, the exactly. enemy of my enemy has a sick ass fighter jet yes give us give us some cars we'll give you our jets <laughs> fair trade fair trade <laughs> uh next slide please so this is the option for if you want to get frenchified if you want to have you know a glass of wine for breakfast with your baguette um and this is the main competitor to the f104 this is uh the the Dassault Mirage, um, and what's up? Oh, uh, nothing. I I didn't say anything. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought I sometimes thought sometimes feel like I'm lecturing here, but it's like you know, like as much about this stuff, if not more, than me. Uh, so it looks like uh, you could throw this thing at a wall and like score a bunch of points. Uh. Yeah, sort of like mosquito made paper planes that looked like this. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah, a big, yeah. big Mirage fan. I like the Mirage series. 
it's aged well because they're still making them is the other thing they uh this is one of the things they like instead of doing a new design every couple of years they just like make mirage 2 mirage 3 mirage 4 um the new 2023 Mirage. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> now with backup camera. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the Mitsubishi approach. We'll implement it when we have to. Shut up. That's right. <laughs> so this is what France, obviously, um, Australia, Israel, Switzerland, South Africa, and most of South America went with. What a collection um, of nation states. Yeah. yeah. It's one of those jets that get sold to people who end up shooting at each other. Because the French yeah. just did not give a fuck. There's a ton of like mirage oh, on honey. mirage combat we because the French show up. on our own. <laughs> we mean just for everyone. It's it's fully like I'm playing both sides, so I always come out on top. Except um, for all the times I don't. I will nuke someone as a warning. Yeah, <laughs> Pakistan still uses these, uh, yeah, albeit the a modernized yeah. version. Um, also would have been, because uh, Argentina bought a bunch of them, and this would have been a serious problem for us, the Brits in the Falklands, if they had had more than five minutes of flying time or the ability to refuel in the air. Because, again, interceptors. Um, is that like an exaggeration, or is that how much time they could stay in the it's, air? It's like half an hour. Um, half an hour? Five that's minutes that's, with, that's yeah. not that great, yeah. That's not very good. Especially no, to like get good. from get from Argentina to the Falklands, which are in the middle of fucking nowhere, um, and yeah, I sh- should have bought an aircraft carrier. Um, I'm always this saying is... this. Well, they did, <laughs> but <laughs> oh yeah, that one thing. Um, Oops. <laughs> so, as you can see from the big sort of beefy Delta wing, this is uh, much more maneuverable. It's a much better dogfighter than the Starfighter, but it's also more expensive. Um, and that lack of range really tells if you're not Israel. Because if you're yeah. Israeli, you're fighting over your own tiny country, which is... Yeah, you're the no. size of New Jersey. It'll be alright. Yeah. yeah, literally like 20 minutes flying time max yeah, to no, get and they, 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 and they, they loved these things. They kept them in service for a good long while. Because initially, before we basically became, you know, Uncle Sugar, uh, they, most of their planes they bought were French. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, France also gave them all of the, the nuclear stuff, too. Uh, incidentally, my question, why the fuck did Australia buy these? Given that we've established this is useful for small countries. 180 degrees to better <laughs> accurately describe how the Australian Air Force yeah. buys these. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll buy the plane. It looks like a big cock, mate. <laughs> I, I, you, you just have to imagine that the Australians knew in their heart of hearts that they were only buying these to keep the defense budget up and they were never going to use them for anything because otherwise, I should fly one of these over the outback and you run out of fuel. Just like, well, I'm in a while, at Papua New Guinea side hide. Yeah. Well, for the longest time, they were also buying a lot of stuff. Mostly, like most Commonwealth countries, just bought exclusively for Britain. And then I think one day they woke up and were like, this, kind of, this stuff's kind of shit, isn't it, mate? <laughs> Listen, the English Electric Lightning was good. Australia, a country that is spiritually British, buying Mirage fighter jets in Leopard One tanks. <laughs> the good news is the Outback is much like the film Plane with Gerard Butler in that experience. <laughs> <laughs> So you, you can you can land anywhere because it's very right. flat. It's just then you get out of the plane, get kicked to death by a kangaroo. Yeah. Um, Got a great you, idea for a film, mate. Just going to cook and call it plane. 
Guess what it's about? <laughs> so, yeah, you got to have one of those survival rifles to kill kangaroos with. So for for the rest of the, the sort of second act of this uh, this episode, we've gone through and we've gone through by country all of the countries that Lockheed sold this to, and gone how they do with it. And so first up, Nazis. Nazis. We got to yes. talk about some sinister-looking men. Um, this, this is a picture of, or two pictures of two Nazis. Um, on the left, we have Johannes Steinhoff. On the right, we have Franz Josef Strauss. Uh, uh, yeah. Where, 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 where did he get these medals from? Uh, funny <laughs> if you should ask that, uh, because because Bundeswehr officers, Bundeswehr being the modern. Uh, the 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 post World War II West German eventually German military World War II veterans could wear their World War II decorations. They were specifically yep. removed of all Nazi symbology, but they could still fucking wear them. So it's great because you could have like a a Bundeswehr here officer talking to some army lieutenant colonel in the sixties who he was literally hosing down his squad mates at Normandy and be wearing the fucking ribbon for it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's alignment again. It's bedfellows. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the biggest detail of that you can see is if you look over Steinhoff's left pocket here, normally in, in like an Air Force, you would have the wings and then you have them you know, around an emblem, right? The emblem that was on that, that's gone. And so now you oh. just have this weird sort of like dual wing structure thing that's still what happened to the today. emblem tell us what happened to the emblem yeah not gonna interrogate that any further it's funny you see some like uh restored like world war ii german aircraft by private collectors and some of them the ones that are in germany i don't think they could have the swastika on it but what they do is they'll just like paint over certain parts of it so it comes out as this weird sort of like hodgepodge half swastika it's really fucking funny <laughs> You gotta put on. You gotta is... put on the two X's, like from the Great Dictator, you know. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> or, or just like the mustache from the Tintin bad guys. Yeah. <laughs> I think the like still like a bear wing thing is still current in like the Luftwaffe as well. Um, so let's talk about uh, Franz Josef Strauss first because he's actually worse. He's like the worst person on this slide. Um, so this man it, look anything more like a CSU politician. Yeah, very Bavarian man. Um, yeah. So he, he had been uh, an army officer, a platoon commander on the Eastern Front. Uh, he got frostbite, but not badly enough, and so oh, survived. Um, and, and survived, like, he got his frostbite early enough to get, like, evacuated back to Nazi Germany and out of Bummer. the war. I know. Um, and he, he is your prototypical like West German crypto fascist. Whenever you see any of the sort of like crypto. East German propaganda, that's like uh, all of these guys are just Nazis with the serial numbers filed off. This is who they're talking about. Uh, what he does CSU stand for? Christian, uh, Christian Social, Social Union. Social Union. Uh, it's, it's like the Bavarian affiliate of the broader uh, CDU party in Germany. Yeah, and it's uh, it's I sort see, of okay. the like one party government Catholic theocracy of Bavaria for a long time, like. Strauss was a big maker of the CSU, and one of his sort of uh, dicta was there must never be a legitimate political party to the right of the CSU. They always have to be the furthest right party in German Jesus. politics. Well, they fucked up on that one. <laughs> yeah, I know, really letting the side down these days. Um, so he, he was uh, defense minister of West Germany, um, in between writing about his admiration for SS men, 
he has the editor of Der Spiegel arrested at one point, which you know causes a sort of constitutional crisis as to whether or not you have freedom of speech in West Germany or not. Um, and in amongst all of this, Lockheed Martin shows up with a suitcase full of cash and goes, would you like $10 million to adopt the F-104? And he says, yeah, sure, why not? Um, That's only a slight exaggeration. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, I mean, we are talking cash transactions here. Um, he got paid $10 million to adopt the, a sort of heavily modified for German use F-104. Um, he's also one of the founders of Airbus, which should be the real that critique. That makes of... sense. Yeah, that sounds he, about right. Yeah, he, I mean, you know, who who involved in founding Airbus wasn't a fascist at some point in the forties? You know, I mean, you're how... talking about Italians, French, and Germans. Yeah, you know how uh, Boeing fans are like, I'm not flying on an Airbus because like die by wire or whatever. That's not a good critique of Airbus. This is a good critique of Airbus. It's like you would, oh, you, you would you, think you if the... it was. Oh. You would okay. think if it was founded by fascists, it would have a more stylish name than Airbus. I, I've never <laughs> I, gotten that name. It's like I, it's it's so it's a bus in yeah, the air. It is like reliability, uh, boredom, simpleness, things of this nature. I, I don't know. I, I it's 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 just. Do you really want to convey bus, bus <laughs> in the air? You don't it's hear like about a lot of people experience. dying in bus crashes, you know? You have like three or four countries with, with these, these, these languages with so much nuance and stuff in them, and now we're going to call it Airbus. going to call Airbus. it someone like named Carl in like Minnesota would have named it. going to yeah. call it Airbus. Uh, other, other Franz Josef Strauss story, uh, he said Germans had a right not to hear about Auschwitz anymore. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. Twenty years later, Munich Airport is named after him. I bet it um, is. I've been there. We yeah, we we should have fucking Morgenthau planned Germany. I used yeah. to say this as a joke, and now I'm just like, no, we should have fucking cut Germany up into three or four different countries. It doesn't deserve to exist as one cohesive nation state anymore. Yeah, but the problem is, if you'd done that, one of them would have been Bavaria, and this guy would have been god emperor of it. Yeah, well, then um, we could have just treated it like North Korea, yeah, and it would have been fine welcome, and justified. Do, do, do the world's uh, extra do the words extrajudicial killings mean anything to you? <laughs> That's why the good Lord invented Mossad. Learn no. it, learn more on our Israel bonus <laughs> episode. <laughs> we're, we're, not, we're not going to talk about the Nazi war criminals that Mossad employed because that's no, a whole other. No. The, there's uh, a Lions uh, episode for that. Go listen yeah, to it; yeah. it's a good one. Uh, it's so, a good one, actually. So that's Franz Josef Strauss. On the other hand, we have Johannes Steinhoff. Uh, Steinhoff, he had been a, a, a an ace in the Luftwaffe in both BF 109s and the ME two sixty two. Uh, he was one of the guys that, you know, Chuck Yeager was shooting down. Um, exactly. And uh, this is how he got this way, right? Like, uh, he got his face burned off in an ME-262 crash, but like, not enough. So, so, so Strauss <laughs> got frostbite, but not enough. This yep. guy got burned, but not enough. Ian Smith crashes in his fucking Hawker Hunter, but not enough. None of these guys could fucking die enough. There is <laughs> yeah. no justice there, there, there is no honor. Now, I, I, I want to stake out uh, the, the point here, first of all, that having a facial disfigurement does not make you a bad person. 
Having a facial disfigurement that you got in service of Adolf Hitler, on the other hand, does make you a bad, person, a bad person. And that's yeah, the kind of like starting point for this. So, Steinhoff. That's when you uh, get it used against you by James Bond. Yeah. <laughs> Steinhoff had always been kind of like aloofly contemptuous of, of both Goering and Hitler because he was a pilot and pilots are just like this. Um, mm -hmm. But that sort of like aloofness got in, like, interpreted as anti-Nazi enough that he was very quickly hired back on to uh, make Germany, West Germany, have an air force again, um, you know, to be an acceptable face, so to speak, of, of the new Luftwaffe. Um, and if you go to the next slide, he's kind of this weird spectral presence in like every 50s and 60s photo of NATO top brass, where it's just like, yeah, there's a couple of guys in suits. No, it's the guy with the Nazi skull face. Uh, <laughs> pretty certain we're the good guys. Yeah. Is that like a, is that a priest back there? Is the collar like what is going on in this uh, photo? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. What is happening here? Is this a little Illuminati meeting? <laughs> no, there is. But listen, ask yourself: Is there something sinister about NATO? And then look at this photo and reflect: No. Everything is fine. <laughs> Everything is fine. This is this is fine. This is fine. Uh, just having a nice a nice cocktail party. Uh, next slide, please. Oh yeah, this one this one I, I threw in just because this is another cool. sort of what might have happened, and also it's cool because I do a lot of like alt history art and writing stuff. I spend a lot of time on this extremely boomer forum, looking up secret projects or like proposed things that never got adopted, and. Germany, after the war, they tried several times to make their own fighter aircraft, and they ended up, in the end, mostly either just buying ones from us, the US, or building ones with other Europeans. But this was one of the things that went up against the F-104. It's the Heinkel HE-31 Floret, which I think is some kind of sword, um, like a saber. Huh. And, and I love it because it's like, it's like a West German MiG-21 with a bit of F-5 Freedom Fighter in it. Big pointy intake on the front. And it's uh, like they designed this in like the late 50s, and this was their idea, like, well, we can make a domestic one. This is the last time Heinkel would try to make a fighter aircraft. I'm, um, like, I'm torn, right? Because on the one hand, I'm like, this looks pretty good. On the other, I'm like, yeah, this is what air superiority fighters looked like in the 60s if the Nazis won the war. Like, uh, well, it, I actually, yeah. I threw this in the, 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 I'm sure like at least half of the listeners will be familiar with the, the new order mod for Hearts of Iron 4, which is basically Cold War with the Nazis and Japanese and whatever if they'd won. And I Never actually threw this to their Discord being like, hey, this would be better than whatever you have in the tech tree for the 60s for a German fighter. And I never got a reply. And then I checked the game after the mod after the most recent hotfix, and guess what they have in the 60s slot for German fighters now? Uncredited oh, developer. Yeah. Well, you know what? Eh, whatever. I'm happy where they went with it. But but I don't feel too bad for Heinkel because they ended up license building oh, the F-104 for, for Lockheed in West Germany. And they would also end up being absorbed in the Airbus. Yeah, it's cool how if you look up the constituent parts of Airbus, it's like... Uh... You know, the uh, Herr Nazi, uh, Nazi airplane factory, uh, defunct in 1946, absorbed into Airbus 1960. Mm -hmm. A lot of these companies, and then you look at, like, like Heinkel and Messerschmitt, they both kept trying to make fighters up until the 60s, and they just eventually kind of gave up or license to do stuff. Yeah, Heinkel they tried, tried to sell to... them to, like, Spain and stuff. Uh, yeah, and then and, and like and the Egypt, Arab countries. 
Willie Messerschmitt tried to make jets for Spain and then Egypt. Kurt Tank went to Argentina and then India. Imagine a Nazi actually... going to Argentina. Yeah, I know. The whole oh, imagine a Nazi too. going to Egypt. Um, yeah. the, you know, all of this. Imagine a Nazi yeah. going to India. <laughs> you go where the budget is, you know, and... Uh, yeah, I, yeah I just threw that in because it was cool looking. I like when Airbus makes military aircraft because it implies the existence of a fighter bus and a uh, <laughs> fighter bus and like a fighter a bomb, bus, you know, a bomber bus, you know, a sort of a reconnaissance bus, you know, some kind of some kind of I, I don't it's know. Still, I, for some reason, an A three twenty one. Yeah, they just a, put a, a cargo bus, which is just a truck. Um, <laughs> I think there are mods for Grand Theft Auto for all of this. Oh yeah. I, I put in I put in a slide here of the the West German experience with the F one hundred four. And first of all, just look at this thing. Look how much shit it's got hanging off of it compared to the nice, beautiful, sleek lines that we saw earlier. Um, yeah, it's probably fine. Yeah, it's it's, probably it's, fine. it's very bloated. Which uh. same because um, nobody wants a pure interceptor anymore. The doctrine is like shifted back around, and so. Unlike the US, the Luftwaffe, which has no money, can't keep this inventory of like different fighters. It has to have one thing that does everything. There's a great German phrase I'm going to teach you for this that's far more evocative than jack of all trades. It has to be an Eierlegende Wollmilchsau. It has to be. Sorry, a... What was that about war crimes? <laughs> <laughs> it, has, it has to be a woolly. Egg laying, milk giving pig. It has to I'm do. Gonna, I'm, oh, I'm so gonna you've start made a that. Mm. that. That's the most German thing I've ever heard in my life in translation. I'm going to start using that. Um, <laughs> even before you put any of this shit on there, I'm feeling strangely it's... aroused. Why is that? You <laughs> <laughs> found your persona, Liam. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Nope. That is too much money, man. I spend too much money on too many things. <laughs> <laughs> So if even without any of the shit on there, this is already a third again as heavy as the original Starfighter. Um, and now they want to do other shit with it. They want to do bombing with it, which means you have to put bombs on it, and bombs are heavy. They want to do long-range shit with it, and that means you've got to put fuel tanks on it, and fuel tanks are heavy. And the other thing is, East German airspace is terrifying. The Russians, the Soviets, very, very good at making surface wear missiles. Um, pretty good at making uh, like mobile gun systems for shooting down aircraft. Um, it's still pretty good at both of those things today, even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so because this is the front line against the most probable enemy, uh, you know, the social fascists of, of West Germany. Um, East German airspace is incredibly heavily defended, and so the Luftwaffe comes to the conclusion that you don't fly at more than like 250 feet of altitude, that's a suicide mission, and that has like a 90% fatality rate, we imagine. Jesus Christ. Um, we have the to option design. is not suicide. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so the, the decision is, well, fine, we just fly low. We fly at like 50 feet. Like, maximum. Absolute like treetop level flying. And so, in order to do that, you have to train the same way. And so, it's not at all uncommon that you're around like an airbase in West Germany. 
you just like you're driving along the road or whatever one of these comes over like and sort of fucking grazes the top of your car at Mach 2 um because that's what they expect to have to do in World War 3 is breathtakingly low altitude high speed flying um it's, it's which just is fucking like barnstorming yeah like you fly yeah. the plane through someone's barn and then yeah, the plane explodes because it's gone too fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and this is extremely dangerous with any plane, <coughs> but like doubly so with a plane that's like this, and triply so with a plane like this that's like out of spec, as it were. Yeah, I feel like this this uh, strategy is actually a lot more dangerous than they think it is. Um, oh yes, yeah. Well, the other factors are dick is not what I would choose to do. Yeah. 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 And there can be said so many things with the Cold War where they come up with this idea. It's like, well, this is probably a little dangerous, but how dangerous could it really be? And the there answer is, is always out. so much more dangerous. <laughs> you know what? There's a lot of things in Europe are six-story buildings, um, which are <laughs> 60 feet high, usually. Um, Unusually so, tall pine trees, hills. Pine tree. Maybe, uh, yeah, a small hill. Um, I don't know. Maybe a radio tower or like... Uh, um, I, I maybe a kid is flying a kite and it gets sucked in the engine and it blows up by <laughs> a, a slightly too high VW van bus. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just shears the top off of a off of a regular land bus. Some um, kind of like tight arch bridge, you know. I I mean, there's yeah. a lot of things you're gonna run into at 50 feet well, Germany, altitude. Germany has terrain, like as much as we talk about the folder gap, it's it's got topography. Um, I'm sure the plane is talking to you about it constantly. <laughs> terrain, 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 Nine. terrain. Nine, I will not stop. Up. <laughs> this this might even be pre. This, this might even be pre GPWS. It may not. Yeah, this, I mean, this is pre bitch and Betty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> next slide, please. I got a really fun detail about this, which is. Um, oh, this is great. So th Jesus they painted worked. they painted this up in a unique livery for this, which I really like. Um, so the Luftwaffe also went to Lockheed and they're like, we want a rocket assisted takeoff version of this because it's only been 20 years since we've killed all of our best pilots with rocket aircraft <laughs> and old habits die really ready, fucking hard. Ready to do it again. <laughs> None of our planes turn our pilots into soup high commodities. You have given us a raw deal. Put a rocket on it. Yeah, for all time's sake, we need to melt a couple of them. Um, the deal with this is, this launches from a standing start. This fires out of the hangar. You keep this in a hardened shelter, <laughs> and then you just light up this big fucking rocket, incinerate this is, this any the of the ground of crew who, cartoon. <laughs> who are fast be enough runners. But you know what? You know what's crazy? This isn't the stupidest idea like this they thought of. Before they settled on this, this was another thing where they had German companies looking at building something of their own. They had like Focke-Wulf and Messerschmitt looking at planes that launched vertically like fucking rockets. Like, <laughs> they were looking at all sorts of ridiculous shit like this. This, this was the least ridiculous the thing they ended up with! We may have lost the war and gotten owned, however... Maybe this was not such a bad idea. Um, they did <laughs> just like a, they did. like East German Air Command. You're watching all this shit happen. Like, goddamn, those guys are morons. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, put in some more air defense, which is you know we're not even ever going to have to use it. 
but we can keep making them do stupid shit because we have it. <laughs> These guys it are is... such dumb cops. We need to build a wall to keep them out. <laughs> it's such a, like an unforced error. They yeah, did, that's um... the other issue. You're flying at 50 feet. You're rammed straight into the, the iron curtain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like a big barbed wire imprint. So yeah. they did they did eight test launches of this before they were finally persuaded by Lockheed. This is a terrible fucking idea. Do not ever do this. When the guy tried to sell you the arms, it's like, guys, this is a terrible fucking idea. Maybe you should take that as an indicator of something. If you guys tried a runway, uh, if you, it's, if you, it's just made of asphalt, you know, it's real cheap. <laughs> if you want to feel even more anxious about this, this was going to carry nuclear weapons. <laughs> oh yeah, this had this had because uh, because while Germany d- didn't have nuclear weapons, it was one of the countries that basically had the responsibility if a nuclear war started to carry U.S. nuclear weapons, and this fucking thing was the thing that was going to carry it for most of the Cold War for Germany. Oh, boy, like fifty <laughs> feet, and it whacks into like I don't know uh, a, a pole of some kind. Yeah, like Children's a maypole. Hospital. Yeah, <laughs> children's hospital. Yeah, not even a tall one, just a normal yeah. one. Yeah, it was like a normal one. Yeah. Oh, like... okay. This would, I, this would, Devin, you might have to take this one out. <laughs> like, could he could easily that could easily hit like a uh, some kind of a you know a steeple on a church though. Like not oh, yeah. even a big church, it's like one in a any village. Of the, like leftover Nazi paraphernalia, you know. Um, yeah. But so. Next slide, please. This is deadly as fuck, is the other thing about this. For the reasons that we've enumerated, this kills a lot of pilots. Um, and it, it, it gets nicknamed the Witwenmacher, the Widowmaker, uh, the Fliegende Sarg, the Flying Coffin. Um, oh no, not a bunch of ex-Nazis. I know. Well, this, uh, this way is to finish the, thing. the job, U.S. Air Force. <laughs> Weirdly, the, these are like too young to be ex-Nazis, or at most like no, they're ex-Hitler not. Youth. Up. They got the they got the taint on them. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But this is like the Nazis. The Nazis are the guys who are like organizing all of this, and then they're like killing their own children. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, this so, is so, not so a joke, are, by the way. But yeah, no, this is this not is, a joke. This is not an exaggeration. I'm pretty certain uh, either Strauss or one of the others. His son was a like naval aviator who flew one of these and got killed in it. Um, yeah. they they lost so many. They, they they West Germany bought nine hundred and sixteen of these between nineteen sixty and nineteen seventy three, and by the time they phased it out in nineteen eighty seven, they had lost two hundred and ninety two of them. They killed a hundred and fifteen pilots, which included actually a few American instructors, but most of them one in three. One in three of these planes that they bought crashed. Thirty-two percent of the overall fleet (laughs) over thirty-one years in service. Yeah, if I'm like East German air defense, I'm like maybe we can decommission some of these anti-aircraft positions. Guys, they keep doing it to themselves. I don't don't think they're going to make. I don't think they're going to make it over here. I'm I'm in I'm in the East German People's Air Force. I'm doing fucking sick donuts in my slick ass MiG twenty nine. I'm just looking over the like line of demarcation every so often, seeing a guy controlled flight into terrain. Just like wow. 
the big 29s, <laughs> which were so nice that after unification, even though they kept we, them, uni- yeah, they kept them. West unified Germany sold off a bunch of Soviet stuff, but they kept the big 29s because they thought they were sick. That you can you can see photos of them in like modern like Lovers Luftwaffe like. Oh, Lovers. they look so fucking good. Right. Yeah. But they, uh, they, they would actually pay out some money to some of the widows' dependents of about like 32 of the pilots that were killed by this. They'd never admitted liability, but they did some payoff. Wait, hold they on. Paid... I have to look something up real quick. Uh, okay. No, it's fine. Go ahead. I'm uh, just typing. So Lockheed paid these like uh, 60 widows and dependents 3 million Deutschmarks, which at the time in 1975 was. Like $1.2 million US oh. do- $1.2 million US dollars in 1975. So like it's a fair amount of Xboxing. Wurden Sie bei einem unverschuldeten Unfall verletzt? Sure. Have you been injured in an accident that wasn't your fault? <laughs> no, the sign the sign in West Germany is just that legal sign is like, are injured? Good. That's the sign <laughs> of East Germany face. Yeah, they put up a sign Germany. over the wall. It's like verletzt? Good. Good so. <laughs> They're going to stop the Soviets at the Fulda Gap by just crashing F-104s. Yeah, they're going to 9-11 the Soviet there. tank army. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny? One of the explanations of the German, one of the things that the, there was obviously a lot of outrage and controversy about this. And one of the things that the German press was that the basically that their argument was our guys are too dumb for this. You bought too sophisticated a plane and our, 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 oh, our wow. sweet young himbo pilots can't figure out how to oh, fly wow. it. Even though this was thing originally was designed to be something like a dumb, stupid muscle car fighter, the Germans are going, "This is too complicated for my precious Johan." <laughs> That's why uh, your precious Johan has been turned into mulch. That's right. That's why he is currently like embedded in the center. Whatever of the, the German and, uh... equivalent of marinara sauce is, he is now it. Yeah, yeah, he, he, he oh, crashed into the worst marinara sauce. <laughs> Uh, I had some. I had some very nice bolognese sauce in Switzerland once, actually. Oh yeah, I that's why. Yeah, bolognese. yeah. Oh, so, Roz, you are aware that Switzerland and Germany are different countries, right? Or are you just going full on Anschluss? No, they're just German Italians. Roz is going to enact the German plan, which I shoot you not was called Operation Christmas Tree. Yeah, the name is Tannenbaum. Fucking hate Nazis, man. Next. Next slide, please. We'll talk about what was wrong with this some more. Yeah, this is this is what I call what's actually wrong with it, part two, Oshaisa. Um so we still oh, have lots nah. of the, <laughs> we still have all the technical problems that we mentioned earlier, but now we have even more problems, both technical and otherwise. So as we've already alluded to, the F-104 was being shoved into a role by Germany and other countries, as we'll see shortly, that it was just it wasn't designed for. You're trying to make a high altitude fighter interceptor be a low altitude fighter bomber. And more importantly, you're tacking on a bunch of new shit to the plane to try and make that work. Um, some of the modifications they did for the F-104G, which is the variant that most of these countries are about to talk about used, uh, they put a whole bunch of new avionics in it, a lot of which they were distracting to the pilot. Uh, but also added more weight onto the plane. Also, I'm not sure if you're aware of this. Not a lot of people know this, hmm. but weather in Northern Europe is is kind of different to the weather in a lot of parts of the U.S., particularly where F-104 pilots was trained, which was Arizona, Sorry, which is I'm very flat and very dry. Yeah, and you don't have a lot of VW buses driving around, so you can do that low, <laughs> fast flying. Can't really do that in, in West Germany, where it's hilly and rainy and wet and just gray. It just it didn't work out super well. 
Yeah, um, surname notwithstanding, there's a reason Chuck Yeager wasn't from Germany. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, the reconstituting the Luftwaffe was still very new at the time the F-104 was being introduced into service, and they just weren't ready for it. Uh, the first generation, like, like I said, you know, not all of them were, were Luftwaffe veterans, though a fair amount of them were, but of those who were, who were brought back into service, they hadn't they've been in civilian jobs for, for fucking years. And then they were being taught how to fly jets. Like imagine you're a guy who like flew BF 109s for like one year at the end of the war. You've, you've been like working as an accountant for 15 years. And then one day they knock on your door and say, you're back in the air force. Um, I said, no, had to, <laughs> well, had also, to, like he, for, for, for ground stuff and stuff. I seem to remember that the Luftwaffe had like an abnormally short draft as like a, a hedge against militarism where it was like, you're there for like, a year, basically. Yeah, like maybe like eighteen months. Like the the draft, I think, would vary, like depending on the politics of the time. But like that didn't help. They had a very high turnover of conscripts, so that didn't help either. But like the pilots, they had to like for teach the first generation to fly in like F eighty sixes and stuff, like slower first generation jets as training wheels. But but more importantly, like even even then, like I, I saw one. Uh, it was a British Royal Navy pilot, actually. I forgot his name. Who described Eric Brown. the F one Eric Brown. Yeah, Eric Brown. He described it as a hot ship, and what he means by that is, it, it's just a plane. You have to be flying every second you're in it. You can't sleep on it. You have to be in the zone all the time, or it will kill you. Yeah, the car that tries to, devour, to kill you. Yeah, it wants to devour your soul. First and you have to, yeah. And you have to actively be denying it your soul. Uh, uh, so, so basically, it was not. It was not meant for a rookie pilot. The U.S. Air Force wouldn't allow someone in this plane unless they had 1,500 hours of flight time. You want to know on how jets, much flight time? Presumably. Yeah, on jets. You want to know how much flight time the Luftwaffe pilot had on average before they got in this thing? 400. Of Great. Perfect. You, you do like one week seminar, you watch a DVD, you get a firm slap on the ass, and you're into the thing. Exactly. And, and most of the accidents were... You get to were, hang out with the missile with a man in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get to be the man in the missile. I'm look the famous Michael Jackson song. I'm looking at the man in the missile, um, <laughs> who Roz but, wants to own. Which is, we don't have time to unpack all of that. No, I don't want to <laughs> own the man. I said it was a bad idea to own men. <laughs> well, we're doing some more revisionism. You, know, you um, own the missile and you lease the missile to the man. Yeah, like well, no, I pay the, the man to fly the missile. Ah, that uh, that uh, Patreon money looking real good. Yeah. Oh, now we're paying him. I see. We're doing the whole the Patriot thing. I don't have oh, slaves. Um, I pay all my farm small workers. business tyrants. <laughs> um, but most of the accidents of this thing were what they would call controlled flight into terrain, which is a fancy word for they fucking crashed because they fucked up. Yeah, um, and shit wrong with the airplane. Plane's fine. Yep. They, uh, yep. <laughs> it's you, so bad you, that maybe they shouldn't have had it flying 50 feet over the surface. Yeah, like like it got so bad that Steinhoff, the 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 burned uh, the burned man Nazi we saw earlier, it got too much for him, and he grounded the entire fleet uh, in the sixties. Like the, uh, it, Dr. Buzzkill Nazi. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Well, so this is the thing. This this is like the thing that sort of professionalizes the Luftwaffe kicking and screaming is Steinhoff and another Nazi ice Eric Hartmann. Uh, they sort of like seize control over the fighter establishment over the objections of Strauss and other bureaucrats and go, first of all, you need to actually train on how to fly this thing. 
second of all, we need to think about how we're going to use the thing. Um, and third of all, you need to stop taking suitcases full of cash to just do whatever the Americans want. Um, That's when the, the firefighters go, why do you want to be trading? Do you want to be around a bunch of men? That's a bunch of dudes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and this sort of leads us to the, the you know, modern Luftwaffe that we know and love all day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All I'm saying, this is, this is making me reconsider a lot of my thoughts about the Iron Curtain and the Berlin Wall. Which is I, that I will... if I'm if I'm in East Germany and I'm I'm in charge of anything, I want to prevent any of my citizens from going to West Germany and randomly being hit by one of these planes. We're gunning we're gunning you down on the Berlin Wall for your own safety. You go yeah. over there. You know what's gonna happen to you. <laughs> <laughs> I, and, and I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't throw in the East Germans. When they formed the NVA, the National Volks Army, they they absolutely had that riddled with former Nazi officers too. Oh yeah, but, of course. It, but but you know they had you know they they were wearing the right uniforms, so it was fine. Once um, again, it's a case of our good Nazis versus their bad Nazis. Yes, it's, yeah, yeah. literally. It's, like, yes. it, it's it's the line from the Right Stuff, a film that is closely tied to all of this, where I think it's like, "No, Mr. President, our Germans are better than their Germans." <laughs> I mean, one does sympathize to the extent that you, if you decided that you needed an army in Germany, you could not staff it but with former Nazis at that point. However, uh. Is just say that you know at least the East German ones had to pretend to feel bad about it, whereas some of the West German ones were fully just like you know what we didn't do shit wrong actually, yeah. and I'm gonna like <laughs> you know make a make an entire rest of my career saying that over and over. Yeah, actually, actually, it was sick, and I'm going to wear these medals on my chest to remind me you about it. But yeah, but yeah, by the time this was out of surface. They had to modify a bunch of them to carry black boxes, something that at the time a fighter jet did not typically had because it was so almost guaranteed it would fail. They needed to know how. But the Germans, being one of the more prominent, the most prominent user here and the most prominent sort of, you know, one having it crash a lot, they're not the only ones because we have a rogues gallery here, yeah, which you will start on. Fire. Yeah, um, next slide. The 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 lightning round. Uh, uh, Canada, eh? Hey. Mm-hmm. I think this plane looks great. By the way, uh, looks pretty good. Uh, this actually does look pretty good. This is before they adopted the modern flag, too, right? Yeah, this yeah. is back when they still had the red ensign. I like the roundel, though. Yeah, the roundel's mm-hmm. really good. Yeah, yeah. So the the RCAF. Um, it might not even have been the RCAF. It may still have been the CAF at this point. Uh, they they have the same problem as the Germans. Um, they they want to use it for like ground attack. They also want to use it to carry nuclear weapons because, um, like, again, for, yeah, like they committed to the same thing Germany did, which is if shit gets real, the U.S. will give us nuclear weapons and we will then have to use them or whatever. Um, and they they backed out of that pretty quickly. Uh, they but still want to like, fly it at fifty feet. That might work pretty I good mean, in some parts of like Manitoba uh, and uh, oh boy, Alberta. It's flat. But... Oh boy! <laughs> yeah, but just 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 booming and zooming over like uh, yeah, just over Saskatchewan or something. Yeah, exactly. You fly over a grain elevator and it explodes. <laughs> what's, what's I don't fly over just, a grain just, elevator. Just, just listening to the arrogant yeah. worms at seven hundred ninety miles an hour. 
Yeah. They, they, they oh, literally did over though, it. It's because... a wooden grain elevator and you fly next to it and then it <laughs> <Yeah>. floats. <laughs> they they, they were flying elevators like 70 or 80 feet tall, you know? <laughs> They weren't flying these in Canada. They forward deployed, because this is how serious Canada was about this NATO shit in the 50s. They forward deployed six fighter squadrons to West Germany. Like, Canadian bases in West Germany. Um, and, and they were going to use them I'm definitely back. putting up a Berlin Wall. Um, <laughs> and an Iron Curtain. You, you, the you, risk, not only the Germans, the, but the Canadians yeah. are going to crash their planes into you. My God. The we Canadians gotta... may force you to watch This Hour Has 22 Minutes. Yeah. Uh, they, they may, <laughs> you know, make you drink Molson. Um, so the I Canadians, like blow. yeah. Also, th this is another another aspect of this is that a ton of aircraft manufacturers that didn't really still have a reason to exist were getting propped up by building this on license from Lockheed because Lockheed didn't have the capacity to build all of this shit. So instead, yeah. they would just send you the plans, and then uh, Fokker Wolf, or in this case, Canadair. Uh, would would build this under license, and so Canada's version is the C F one hundred and four, which guess what adds a bunch more shit because of course yep. it does even more you know even yeah. more yeah they they add in like air to ground specific attack equipment, but also the options for the recon pod with cameras, just all sorts of sh more shit they tack on, and this is onto the F one hundred and four G that already had shit tacked onto it. Can it pass the moose test? <laughs> How tall is a moose? About twelve feet. I, I don't want to see an eighty-foot tall moose. You know, moose height. No, I'm, I'm thinking like if you land and oh, you hit a moose no, on a runway. Oh, okay. I put a money on the moose. The largest ever recorded Alaskan moose was seven seven. Okay, so you got to stack like ten moose. That's on at the top shoulder, though. Yeah, they're big. I think the problem is the moose is going to take out the landing gear. Oh, oh yeah, and, and not really blink about it. Well, yeah, you have such horrible luck. I wouldn't be surprised if a moose caused one of them to crash. Yeah, you remember yeah. when uh, Roz? Uh, I told you as we were driving on the uh, what highway was it? It was the Heritage Run in the Heritage Run. Yeah, and I told you that if we hit a moose, we were just as dead at one fifty with speed redacted as we were at sixty, <laughs> and you said that was fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean that would be a pretty funny way to be killed. To be no, honest, no, EMS was not coming for us out there, yeah. buddy. <laughs> so you can get into some statistical fuckery with Canada because this kills thirty-seven Canadians, right? Uh, there's a hundred and ten accidents. It's pretty good survivability rate, actually. Um, but as the F one hundred four still has defenders, and those defenders will say to you, "That's not as bad." as the F-86 Sabre that this thing was replacing. Which is true, on the numbers. And this is, uh, it's actually true of a lot of these. Like, I, I think Germany might even have had like a higher loss rate with Sabres. Um, however, mm -hmm. if you look yeah, at the actual numbers of how many of these they bought, you just go, you flew half of these into a hill. Yeah, they have the yeah. worst single worst loss rate percentage out of any F-104 operator. They they had they bought 238 of these. They lose 46% of them over 25 years. Jesus Christ. 110 out of 238. The single worst percentage. Yeah, um, 50 feet over the ground doesn't work great when you're flying into Banff. <laughs> <laughs> 
just 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 crash landing in Bamp right into Instagram influencers. Being, Get off your phone. <laughs> I would, look, if that's the, if that was what it primarily crashed into, I would say bring it back. But I mean, this thing sliding on its belly up a ski slope. No one cares about your story, I say, as I drop it, March 17, <laughs> on some Pearl Girl's face. We're and doing reels now. It, it is funny. I was just talking earlier about sort of you see weird sort of passive-aggressive things in Wikipedia articles put in things by the, that thing's defender. One weird thing in the Canadian, like the CF-104 articles, they're very clear. No one ever called it the Widowmaker like the German was did, oh, like okay. the, that was invented cool. by the press. What it was called, though, by the Canadians was uh, the Aluminum Death Tube. Uh, <laughs> they know how to name them, man. The Lawn Dart and the Flying Phallus. Incredible. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. The Aircock. But, but not, that... just, not just Canadian. So sorry, go ahead, Alice. No. No, I was just going to the next slide too, which is Canada sells some of these that they make onto next slide Norway and Denmark. Oh my uh, god, Swedes, because we have some. Uh, yeah. Denmark, you can probably fly fifty feet over the ground, no problem. Norway, on the other hand, <laughs> well, they actually <laughs> both do well with these, oddly enough, relatively speaking. Yeah, the reason for this is, uh, so, uh, the Baltic, right, there's a very narrow gap of international waters, international airspace that, like, various, like, US spy planes and shit go through and stuff. That's their, like, transit through the Baltic. And so, one of the things that the Soviets do, both in retaliation for this and also just to fuck with Norway and Denmark, is just violate their airspace, just send a MiG over to, like, wander around for a bit and see how long it takes for them to catch you. Um, and so, in this case, used as a pure interceptor, where the idea is uh, there is a Soviet aircraft, go find it, go fetch. Um, works quite well. Um, they run out of fuel a lot. Like, there's a couple of stories I found of Norwegian pilots who are like, yeah, when I, when I went in for landing, the fuel gauge was, like, below empty. And it's sort of like coasted to a stop immediately. <laughs> um, At this point, you just glide in. You're just a glider. It's fine. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm sure this thing has a great glide ratio. <laughs> <laughs> little tiny stubby wings. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, it can up. go. It can go uh, one foot forward for every five feet down. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but the loss rate, like, so they they don't have the the they don't have the best loss rate but they have one of the least worst like norway they they lose 14 percent of their total inventory over 22 years but that's only six planes out of 43 so they don't do too bad i don't think i could find any for denmark but there's some fun stories out of this that alice can recount yeah just, I, all is... i can say here is you know we didn't actually have a hot war with the soviet union we didn't <laughs> we it didn't happen I yeah, it's, it, Canada never used nuclear planes? weapons. Uh, it, it's it's weird. It, like the Cold War has a body count, and not just in proxy wars. The Cold wait, War wait, has wait. a body count in like Soviet pilots getting shot down by American pilots and shit like it's that. The fucking yeah. Red October quote: a, "A war with no battles, a war with like no victories, only casualties." Yes. Um. So. My, my my story about this is, um, so, at one point the Norwegians do a fraternal visit to German naval aviation who are also flying starfighters. It's, well, it's like a do. short hop. Short hop over the Baltic, you know, like, 20 minutes, you go there, have a nice time, fly back. 
when they fly back, uh, Norwegian customs are waiting on the tarmac, having been tipped off. And they go to the, the Norwegian starfighters and they go, open the weapons base. Uh, you know, so wh where do you keep the missiles in there? And the Norwegian pilots open them up and 400 bottles of liquor fall out. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, I've been to Norway once, uh, Oslo Airport, duty free, advertises Swedish prices. Um, <laughs> someone, someone thought they were so clever and worked out the coolest way to like smuggle alcohol across a customs border. Um, I would have done it. Ruin everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and the cops ruined it. Um, the other story about this is that they used one of these for a kidney transplant uh, transport. Um, That's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, there's a, a patient in Oslo who like needs a kidney urgently, and the donor is in Tromsø, which is the far Paris end of, the, of the north. Yeah. <laughs> so they just uh, they, they they put it on a helicopter. They take the helicopter to a starfighter, put the kidney on the starfighter, and from them calling the air force to help uh, to kidney inside dude is like five hours. It's pretty good. Wow. Um, That's pretty good. Yeah. I'm always I'm always sort of uh, emotional whenever I uh, the. the one or two times in my life I've ever seen an airport, or not an airport, a highway shut down for for an organ transplant, and you just see yeah, an ambulance right. going by you at mock Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, yeah. all right, yeah, I can take 10 minutes out of my day to be inconvenienced to watch an yeah. ambulance do 135. <laughs> I kind of I kind of like it with Thank this. Thank you, too, motorcycle like... crash victim. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely like a civilian, a civilian, a peaceful application of having an air force, of being like well, we we found a, a like a, a civilian use for this Mach two fighter jet, which is organ transplants. You it's know? like turning the tanks into. It's like turning old BMPs into like uh, like firefighting vehicles. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Also, I lied. Apparently, I did have Denmark statistics on here. I forgot the the magical art of scrolling down. Attaboy. They they, they lost twenty four percent of their fleet out of fifty one. Oh, so. Yeah, so, so not great, but still not the worst one on this list, because there's still ones who do worse, uh, and also ones who do far more stupider, as we'll find on next slide. Yeah, uh, this Always is... Go uh, to Jupiter to get more, get, get more stupider, stupider, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is the now first... we're just going to the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. yeah. Boys go to the Netherlands to get embroiled in a political scandal. Oh, um, they sure so, do. And to so, do... Uh, Blackface. Don't forget about blackface. That's true. Oh, this is so, true yes. I hate the fucking uh, touch. Lockheed <laughs> pays the uh, fail son heir to the throne, Prince Whoa, Bernard. Whoa, fail son in, 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 in the Netherlands? Whoa, really? Are you sure? Yeah, That's and, uh, crazy. Uh, a fail son in a royal family as well, which makes it yeah, even weird. Yeah, but it's, weirder. it's funnier because it's the fucking um, Dutch Alice. Yeah. And who did, like, who remembers that, you know, the Netherlands has a monarchy at this point? But uh, Prince Bernhard, he gets paid. A million dollars. He's like much cheaper than a Nazi. He's like only the tenth of a price of a Nazi. Um to to adopt the F one oh four, to get the F one oh four adopted. You, you gotta be pretty down bad as a monarch that a million dollars is gonna sway your opinion. I mean yeah, you're, it's a small point, country. Look at that point you're only one or two steps uh, removed from, from like Prince Lekka of Albania. I could well, get maybe half it's the other a way bungalow around. in Palo Alto for that much money. <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's the other way around, though. Maybe it's like uh, you already have everything you need, so it's like just a way of keeping score, you know? right? Um, yeah, I could see that. I would all I know is there's more. only there's only one king of the Netherlands I will recognize, and his name is Johannes Vonk. 
That's right. <laughs> I'm just like, if you were like, okay, I'm going to offer you a million dollars as a bribe when I already have money, or I'm going to offer you like, I don't know, a bottle of Pappy Van Winkle uh, bourbon. <laughs> I, I would respect the Pappy Van Winkle more than a million dollars. Yeah, give me the Pappy. <laughs> the other yeah. thing about Bernard, though, is that scared, bro. he's <laughs> gross, terrible at getting bribed. Like, this immediately leaks. And... <laughs> Like every a Dutch person's terrible at something. Yeah. Oh, every every journalist winning World Cups. It's true. Also terrible every... at getting me money. This guy must have gotten like fifty bucks from a bicycle manufacturer around the Bison same time, life, yeah. and that's how uh, that, that's how the Netherlands became a biking paradise. Yeah. Maybe he could have <laughs> taken more money to fix the fucking game, so I could have profited too, jackass. <laughs> So every journalist in the Netherlands no, immediately starts asking about no, this. And they, they ask Bernard about this, and because he's a fucking king-in-waiting, he just goes, I am above such things. Apparently not. I, 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 don't, I don't have to answer questions. I'm, it's, the I'm... Fucking, it's the fucking job where lady is like, so I said no, you know, like a liar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, I, I, I am a prince, I don't have to answer to you. And this damn near brings down the fucking monarchy. Um, his uh, but mom it doesn't, has... though. And uh, that's the list of things that should have died but didn't. Right up there with like with Strauss, uh, Steinhoff, Ian Smith, and now the Dutch monarchy. Yeah, his mum has to threaten to abdicate uh, oh in, if they don't like drop all Leave of the investigation into alone. this. Yeah. Like, what yeah. really would have happened if the Queen of the Netherlands had abdicated? Like, what was really gonna happen? Who they would have won the goddamn World Cup. You're right. That's the point of divergence of the alt history of them winning the World Cup is the Queen of the Netherlands had to abdicate. Yes. So I, weird that she I like did I, this. It, it feels like, miss it feels me like when I'm to gone me thing. they. They 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 played their hand pretty well here. I mean, <laughs> but God, like to it, to to go, uh, I I will abdicate if you don't leave my bribe taking fail son alone and have no one call her bluff is embarrassing. Um, that's what uh, that that's what Robert Moses did. <laughs> Always threatened to resign when if he, he was, was king of the Netherlands. <laughs> she learned from the king. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't put any uh, details in about how many of these they lost. I assume it's many. Next slide, please. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably not as many as Belgium, though, because, oh, oh boy, did Belgium. So so, so they, they, they ordered initially 101 of these, but they actually Cold lost one what before. Does, what does Belgium need with 100 fucking fighter planes? Uh, 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 something, something, uh, uh, Congo, something, something, uh, 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 uranium mines. Allied. But, um, but they ordered 101 and one crashed before they even delivered it. <laughs> yeah, you want an even number. Oh, yeah. to a good start. Yeah. But, like, they had, I think, the second worst loss rate after Canada. They lost 41% of their total inventory, 41 air frames out of 100 delivered over 20 years. Well, that's why and you want a nice noting, round number. Yeah, and it's worth noting that all of these, as part of that license production agreement, were produced in Belgium by uh, uh, the Belgian like aviation company, so maybe they just really suck at building aircraft. Well, that's got to be Lockheed's uh, line, right? Is maybe you should build the plane better. Build the plane better. I, I say, you know, sucks to suck. Maybe next time, try not to commit man-made horrors behind my comprehension in Congo. <laughs> that's the right. Paint, slide, the, please. the paint makes it look like an alligator. It yeah, does kind of look like yeah, an alligator. Uh, Italian month. 
will never end. Italian yeah. month is forever. Um, curiously, yeah. we don't know if Lockheed bribed the Italian Air Force to license build a slightly modified Fiat um, F-104. We do know that they bribed them to take the C-130 and a bunch of other stuff. Uh-oh. Am I gone again? No, okay. no. Shit. Yeah. You're not. Um, You're not. Can you not hear Indeed. us? Deep. Oh. Right. It's going to be fine. Or will it be fine? Hi, Deb. Simply going. Hi, So KD has a warning, which is the recommended minimum memory is 8 gigabytes. Oh, pathetic. So that would explain why maybe. Uh, he has gone away twice now, although I figured it'd be more regular than it Hello? was. Hello? Yes, you're back. We didn't lose him. We lost him, but we didn't lose us. Yes. You, you lost now? us. We didn't lose you. Did you hear us? Oh, my God. I'm going to kill myself. Don't mm-hmm. do that. I'm not going to kill myself. We have to Just, do it. Um, if any of us yeah, kills ourselves, it has to be like a murder-suicide pact among the whole podcast. I have just the episodes for you. Yeah, um, Justin, what you yeah. may have to do is refresh. Hello? Yes. Can you hear oh, me now? Yes. Hello, okay. you're here. Is that, yes. Was that just me or was that Ooh, everyone? Oh, the last second, right before we restarted everything. Uh, yeah, yeah no, we're, we're, we're good. Uh, it was just yeah. you. Yes, actually, we could know. still hear you, but you couldn't hear us. Yeah. <laughs> Curious. Um, yes. It's, is it just me and you? I got a, no. I got a warning no, here, KD, that Wait. says... Okay. Oh my god. Uh, so Katie, yeah, I don't, get, I don't you, know what happened. My internet's fine, but the hmm. warning on my side says you don't have enough memory in your computer. Yeah. Uh I don't think you can hear all of us. Oh my god. What he has to do when he comes back, if he comes download back, more RAM. is wait. Yeah, download more RAM. No, I think the way to do this would be to wait for his files to download to his computer so that then they're out there. of computer memory and into storage. And then he could come back and do the rest of the podcast. I, yeah. You only hear me. Katie, um, who can you hear? Can you hear anyone? Uh is going on oh boy all right i'm gonna restart this uh, yeah all right okay fire in the hole assuming i can that's fucking weird oh my god on, stop it the entire thing hold on oh my god <laughs> I have no idea what's going uh, on. This is so uh, weird. Hear you. Stop, pause, stop, okay, pause. You can hear me? I can hear you. Okay, I can good. hear uh, you I, as well. I, I thought, okay. All right, okay, well, so... you could hear me, but it says you're the only other one in the room with me. Don't worry about it. Alice, can you hear him? Yeah, I can I can hear everyone. Can you right, hear me? Just keep I going. Can hear just everyone keep as going. Well. Just keep going. If we have to, we'll use the locals. Just keep going. I'm too tired for this. Just keep going. I, I can't hear anyone else other than you. <laughs> You can't hear anyone else other than me, though. It literally yeah. says Liam's the only one in the room, and that I'm the only one I can room. hear that is Liam. Just, just reload the page, and, Ross. And I can't stop the record. All right, all right. Reload it. Just reload it. 
in a uh, world in a where world. we can run Zencaster in an in an, in, in an Italy in an Italian world. Yes. Italian. Is this the, the is this the fucking three arrows logo down here? I I don't think so. I don't think they have a sock damn Italian Air Force squadron. I think it just looks like it. I think that would be really. That would require them having a, uh, That would require them having uh, an Italian government that's anywhere like left of Attila the Hun. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, um, so th this thing was an Italian service nicknamed the Barra Volante, uh, which no prizes for guessing. Uh, guess anyway. Well, I can't I'm not say. Guess. I, can I, see... I, I can see the notes as well. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck me, of course you can. No, I don't want to guess. Flying coffin. I... The flying coffin. Yeah. <laughs> as, um, I'm flagging too, man. As you may be able to tell by the so uh, stylish low visibility livery, Italy kept these in service <laughs> until 2005 because fuck Why? pilots, fuck pilots, <laughs> uh, dead pilots make their dicks hard. You know, um, they they love these things so much they made more of them on their own of their own volition. They built 246 of their own variant. They called the F-104S Super Starfighter. Shut up! <laughs> they were like all in on this. They were like, "This is this is our thing." Um, is it is it Super Starfighter? Is there like an Italian name for that? Is it like it's Il, il Super Starfighter? Yeah. Il Super Starfighter. Oh. Uh, super like, Starfighter. Yes. What's what's Italian for super? I forget. Super that. probably. Yeah. No, I know. I, I know. In Russian super super is just super. Super. I thought there was like a good Italian word for that. Let's go, I... motherfucker! But no surprises, <laughs> they lost a ton of these things. They lost thirty-eight percent of their total inventory over like a, like like twenty-five years. They basically lost fifteen aircraft every one hundred thousand flying Italy, hours. Italy's got terrain as well. It's one of the countries I, that I does. I love the Italians stubbornly just being like, "No, no, no, next revision, fix it, shut up." Mm -hmm. Yeah. Next revision. Next revision. Next revision. Joke. I, I, guess, I, I promise. You know, I mean, Berlusconi loves the Russians, so I guess much like Russians, Italians just yearn for the void. Yeah, but, by the uh, transitive prophecy. But they also would sell these two next slide. Oh, I boy. think the Italians yearn for the void in a very different way. It's, oh, uh, wow, this yeah. is hideous. <laughs> yeah, it's the tur it's Turkey. This is uh Oh, this is tough. Famously, uh, famously, you know, above board defense procurement, Turkey. So, uh, in July of 1974. Hey, do you like drones? Alice, do you like drones? Alice, do you like drones? Enough. Drones, drones, everything is drones now. The future is Turkey. <laughs> my face just melts off my body. So, well, that's so, a really good impression of my Twitter feed. Before the invention of drones in July 1974, it's not before the invention of drones, neither here nor there, um, a Saudi arms dealer by the name of Adnan Khashoggi. Uh, Jamal's uncle had One. tried to sell 18 of these F-104s to F-104Ss to Turkey for like 76, 77 million dollars. Um, and they signed this deal at the end of uh, 74. Uh, 75, they buy 22 more of these for another 100 million. Um, and this also immediately leaks that this is a bribery scandal. Um, and you know, uh, Turkey at this time, then and now, has a pretty close lock on the media, and so what ends up happening is the fix gets put in that the uh, the commander of the air force um, resigns for not taking a bribe. Like he resigns in disgrace for a bribe that he didn't take. Um, uh, been there. 
you know, for <laughs> <all her> moments. <laughs> so like, yeah. I'm, I, I, I did nothing wrong. However, I will be resigning because of the things that I didn't do wrong because it has become unsustainable for me to continue in my position as guy who mm-hmm. does nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, Normal uh, functional country. Yeah, the, the, the idea was that Khashoggi... I'm pretty sure I sent a, resigna- a resignation letter that said basically that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the, the idea is that Khashoggi, like, offered Please this guy a bribe, and then he just didn't take it, but then resigned, because he was so honorable. Um, uh-huh. This reminds me of... Seriously, this know, livery the, is fucking hideous. <laughs> it's not very yeah. good, yeah. Um, yeah this, this reminds me blue, of, right, like, boys? Yeah. You know, yeah. in... Uh, in in the Pentagon Wars, how like everyone else orders the Bradley fighting vehicle, but it's fixed so it works better. Here it's like everyone orders the same goddamn plane, and it's actually worse, and they use it in worse ways. Yeah. <laughs> Hilariously, up until recently, when we're giving some to Ukraine, the only other country that got the Bradley fighting vehicle in real life was Saudi Arabia. Hell yeah. Um, I thought I thought we gave F one hundred fours to Ukraine. That'd be pretty funny. We should dig about <laughs> just for that. through through sort of similar deals. Some of these F one hundred fours go to Greece, uh, which means we could have had a shooting war between Greece and Turkey with F one hundred four on F one hundred four. I mean, we, we still shooting we, sort of like, sort of in quotes there. I mean, we oh, may yeah. yet still have one where they're shooting F sixteen like missiles at one another. Yeah. You know, hold on tight. Yeah, they just crash We're, into each other. The sound Second of Greek instance. Turkish relations. Um, <laughs> and, uh, 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 Jordan yeah, gets some Cyprus into a crater, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jordan gets some, and then next slide, please. Now, get Spain, a country that does has famously done nothing wrong ever, but they hey, did this is it. This isn't the Spanish Air Force. Where's that picture of that car being sent into low Earth orbit? <laughs> <laughs> These guys, Spanish Space Force. They did the impossible. They peeled off the F-104, one of the complete no-hit challenge live on stream. They didn't lose a single one of these. To be fair, they only uh. bought 21, but and they only had them in service a relatively short while, from like 1965 to 1972, but they didn't lose a single one. Like, and, and part of the reason for this was they actually used it for the reason it was designed. They use it as a fair weather interceptor. But, crucially... All this happens when Francisco Franco is still in charge, so you do not, in fact, have to hand it to them. Hey, you do not. In the, can we, uh, somebody in post, maybe uh, insert that picture of uh, the PM's car being sent into low Earth orbit, please? Oh, Luis Carrero Blanco? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um... You know, a woman got arrested and like jailed in Spain like a couple of years ago for tweeting a joke about that. Oh, pfft, come on! Come on! Oh it's God, legitimately remarkable how much fascism is still kicking around in Spain. They um, sent they sent the guy to the fucking moon. That shit's funny. <laughs> yeah, Dude, I thought the Germans were the ones who were supposed to not be able to take a joke. Spain, get your <laughs> shit together. Uh, yes. No, the Germans can't take a joke enough that we actually. Force them into retreat. <laughs> Surrender. Uh, Hell, we just got here. <laughs> and that's all I approach this podcast. That's right. <laughs> um, but they never crashed they, one of these. Yeah. But yeah. they were fascists, so, so we don't have to hand shit. it to them. Next slide. Yeah. 
Oh, that. Mm, mm, I, is this an artist rendering or a picture? Because I kind of like that's, it. That's just a straight black and white photo, and I think it looks oh, great. Oh, she looks it good. Looks really good. Yeah. This is she this looks is good. Pakistan. Um, Oh, boy. Where... <laughs> <laughs> we finally get to see what happens when you actually use these in a shooting war. Yeah, uh, they, they nicknamed this Badmash, which is like a low life, literally. Um, and yeah, what's what? what uh, uh, I don't. What's the primary language of Pakistan? It's not Urdu. Oh, it's dude. not Pashto. It is, is it Urdu? Urdu? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, what's Urdu for flying coffin? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is this is cool because now they give it a nickname that suggests that it is dangerous to other pilots, which no one yeah. thought of before. Yeah. First, oh, first time we've had this happen. It's I like the idea of low life just because of the sixty feet off the air principle. It's like yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah we basically have to we, we uh, hashtag hella flush, bro. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're flying this thing, you're like I'm a piece of shit. Backwards, backwards, fucking snapback. Yeah. Georgia line is blaring out of the one mono speaker. I assume you should be using for communications. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's not a that's not a joke. I, I love so, Georgia line. So in 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 1965, India and Pakistan go to war for the second time uh, in large part over Kashmir, uh, and the Pakistan Air Force has one squadron of these F-104s, which does pretty well actually. They do, do fine. It's it, the, the Chernobyl line. It, it, they they, they they about lose about as many as they shoot down, but they do shoot things down. Like I, I use the Chernobyl line, not great, not horrible. My favorite detail, my favorite story of this. Uh, well, first of all, one of the Indian pilots who's flying a MiG twenty one because India buys all of its aircraft from the Soviets. Um, he gets shot down by an F one hundred four and flies his dying aircraft into the aircraft that kills him. Um, and is you oh, know, I did that Battlefield two. Yeah, posthumously. Oh, Thunder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Posthumously awarded the like highest, uh, highest military decoration the Indian Air Force can give them. Um, the other detail about this is, during the course of the war, uh, all of Pakistan's reconnaissance planes get shot down. They don't have fucking satellites or anything else. So, and they need to see what effect all of this is having. They need to fly over the nearest Indian Air Force base uh, to see if any of the bombing sorties have been successful. Things of this nature. And so, the the CO of this uh, number nine air superiority squadron gets hold of one of the two-seater unarmed training F-104s um, and takes the the film camera mounting off of uh, a larger aircraft. And this is like a huge camera. If you've ever seen like a uh, an aircraft reconnaissance camera, you can just about hold some of them in your hand and goes, I will sit in the back holding this up against the canopy and then we're gonna get another guy to fly me over this airbase, inverted at like fifty feet, six hundred knots. Just scream past. I will take a bunch of photos with my hands, and we'll see how we do. And this is how you know that I, they they were trained by the RAF. <laughs> I know. I know that this is not how it happened, but I'm imagining a guy with the old-timey camera on the tripod with the cloak, yeah. and he's got the big <laughs> the thing that you hold you up just with hold the, still? the thing <laughs> you hold up with the flash powder, you yeah, know? Yeah, 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 yeah. What if, what if Top Gun was a silent film? <laughs> Sorry, Charlie Chaplin. Uh, yeah, I, with, like, jaunty piano tunes as a, whatever, a MiG-17 gets turned into mulch. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Play, play, playing Kenny Loggins, but like on cheery 1910s piano. Yes. <laughs> I am aware the MiG-17 was a good aircraft. Yeah. Shut the Amer- hell up. An American photo player. <laughs> <laughs> so, so these, so, yeah, these do that, okay. That burnt noise, but on like I don't know uh, wax, <laughs> wax cylinder. <laughs> these are okay. They they uh, get one of the first, I, I believe, beyond visual range kills with a sidewinder where they shoot down an Indian Canberra. Um, yeah, they do fine. It's it's all right, and then the war ends, uh, and the U.S. Well, as soon as the war starts, the U.S. applies sanctions to both India and Pakistan. India doesn't give a shit because they all buy all their stuff from the the Soviets. Pakistan is like fucked immediately because they buy all their shit from the Americans. Um, and all of a sudden they can't get parts for these things, which are very finicky, delicate, delicate aircraft, uh, and they can't keep them in service much longer at all. Um, they're, all of them are gone within like seven years' time. Yeah, they buy French stuff, I think. And th- th- so then that leaves only one other country that actually ends up shooting anything down with these things, which is, next slide, not actually consider their country if you want to remain on the good side of the Chinese Communist Party. Yeah, mm. uh, the 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 government of uh, currently in place in Taipei, rogue breakaway province of the People's Republic. Yes, China. yes, of course. Yeah, it's uh, uh it's it's China. Uh, that's John, 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 John yeah, Cena yeah, had to apologize one, in Mandarin. We have policy on this podcast, but it's actually yeah. one Taiwan just for the yucks. Get mad wow. at us in the comments. This is a there was, episode. You already that was a long time. Okay. that was a long time with that's a KMT the episode that we're gonna yeah. get canceled on. <laughs> I only did two. What's your? Th- oh, I know what's your third one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was, that, that Alice, was a long time. Alice, what's your poison pill episode? Ooh, uh, <laughs> fucking gender. I don't know. The, the no, actually, you know, what, you know what my poison pill episode is is NATO. Um, the the thing which where I said, hey, check out fucking Baron von Nazi Skullface. The episode where I argue, hey, it's actually good. Um, that's gonna that's gonna be the episode that I use to cancel us. Um. But so, also, speaking of um, uh, sinecures, you know the, the, the Kuomintang in, uh, in Taipei, Taiwan, maintained a full, like, electoral caucus for the rest of China. Like, you could be a member of parliament yeah. for, like, mainland China in Taiwan and do nothing. But you still this had, like, a, you know, 600-member legislature. I mean, like, this, they only oh, gave up actively trying to overthrow the government on the mainland, like, like in the seventies. <laughs> like they only I, gave up it then. I uh, that sounds pretty fun. I this, would I would love to have a job this, like that. This <laughs> thing looks like it's struggling. It's uh, out of time. It looks was about it looks to say, bad. What, also, what, the, what, what exactly is, is going it's on Rumble, here? Right, this thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this, like, this looks like an artifact on an AI generated image. I was, this thing looks like dog <laughs> shit. I'm actually yeah. not sure what the hell that is, and I'm the one that picked out this photo. I I, I don't know what that is. is Some it a kind of a bomb? weird rocket assisted takeoff thing though. shooting right out the back of the fucking drop tank? I don't know. Well, well the, the US Air Force, we originally sent these to Taiwan very early after they were, they were inducted during the uh, second Taiwan Strait crisis to defend tie on and and later they'd buy their own and in 1967 they got in a dog fight with a bunch of um uh chinese uh oh i, I was wrong earlier when i said the j6 was a, a mig 17 i was wrong it's a mig 19 
uh, over disputed islands that are actually Taiwan still controls islands that are literally like a mile or two off the coast of China. It's fucking nutty. Look them up. Uh, on the yes, map. the not touching can't get mad policy. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Look up Kinmen and Kamoi Islands, and you'll go, "What the fuck?" But uh, they managed to shoot down two MIGs, but they also lost one with F-104. They're not sure if it was shot down or just crashed before it got back to base. But I mean, again, kind of a mixed bag. Kelly, Kelly Johnson actually said this particular fight showed the strengths and weaknesses because of the F-104. It was good to accelerate. It was, accelerate. it was good at high altitude, but it was not really a turner. Again, it was more of an interceptor than a fighter. Yeah, yeah you don't, again, corners are for pussies. Cannot yes, emphasize yeah. this muscle enough. Call, call. <laughs> but altitude is also for pussies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> why, I, why go high when go low do trick? Yes, I've been doing Cra- I've crash been... into a crash into yeah. a windmill. <laughs> <laughs> There's the priority. Uh, yeah, I've been st- I've been going low my whole life, man. Uh, Fuck I, you, I'm... Don Quixote. <laughs> <laughs> you like Liam... Franco's bitch. <laughs> Liam's been a, spiritually been an F one hundred four pilot his entire life, and he didn't even know it. Yeah, still flies a driver. Yeah, these yeah. things were like the the only Italian. I got to piss real bad. Keep oh, yeah. going though. Only yeah. the Italians beat out the the Taiwanese in terms. Of longevity and service i couldn't find any accident figures they probably did fine but they interestingly they got some of these surplus from the last country on this list which is next slide red uh, circle these, these wow. look really good the japanese yeah, know how look to, really good the japanese know how to paint a fucking plane man yeah they know what they're about um mm-hmm. so japan because first they draw an anime girl and then <laughs> They the right, they, the paint scheme from curiously, that. this is not the slide that has a has an anime girl on it. I don't know how I fucked this up. Um, but, but so, <laughs> wait, did I write the slide or did you? Uh, I think you wrote most of it, and I put some stuff in there. Okay, I can read but, it if you want. No, it's fine. I'll just I'll just recite as written. So, uh, Japan recitation. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Japan also does well out of this because they use them as. Uh, daylight, fair weather, interceptor. Uh, you know, you put sort of blue sky over this thing, it's fine. Um, and what's interesting is, while Germany is adding all of this bloat, adding all of this shit, uh, and like, you know, advancing into the F-104G, Japan goes, hey, can we have that, but without all of the stuff? And so they get the F-104J, which is, you know, uh, that, but paired back again. Just like weird, sort of like meandering courses. They literally did return with a V. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like give 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 me the like <laughs> retro F one hundred four. Yeah, but they they they. I got conflicting info on the loss right here. I had one source say they lost fifteen percent of all the planes they got, which was like two hundred and ten. And another source said they only lost three. But I mean, like either way, they have one of the least worst attrition rates over twenty four years. Um, they built mo- and also most of these were built under license by Mitsubishi. So maybe compared to like Belgium, the Japanese are just better at building a plane. Maybe, but, but overall, these mm. things didn't do so bad on their own as aircraft. But they did create a whole lot of drama in Japanese society tangentially, which we will see on next slide with this picture that Alice put in, which I think is one of the most hilarious. <laughs> he looks like yeah. a Wojak. <laughs> this is, oh my god! This is um the Virgin former Japanese Prime Minister Kakwe Tanaka um, coming back to Japan in 1989 after having been exiled in the 70s. And the reason why he got exiled is because uh, 
he was part of the sort of like unraveling of we've been talking about all the different times Lockheed bribed motherfuckers over these. And it wasn't just this. They were bribing motherfuckers for the C one thirty. They were bribing motherfuckers for the uh, like the L ten eleven. All number of these things. And uh, they're good products, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's a good product. Here's ten million dollars. Um, and let's do this, which is it's a bad product. Here's ten million dollars. <laughs> oh god, I missed out on a fucking slide, which I I will send to Dev and ask them to include now, which is a picture of. Prince Bernhardt of the Netherlands and his mum. Uh, oh, I know the exact picture you're talking about. Returning from Italy because of developments in the Lockheed scandal, and the Queen is holding her dog in between her and the photographer. It's a little tiny shitty dog. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, so this like uh, starts to unravel in Japan first, and it then traces back to the Netherlands and to Italy and to West Germany, and it suddenly becomes very clear that like Lockheed has just been bribing everyone as a like a course of business in japan this is like this goes through the air force chief of staff it goes through the finance minister and it goes through the yakuza it goes through the mob it goes through a guy called yoshio kodama who is a sort of like fixer he's like a political consultant ultra nationalist power broker um secret society member uh, one-time bodyguard, things of this nature. And he sort of, like, was the guy who did all of the deals in, like, uh, right-wing Japanese politics. And so this all starts to unfurl very, very God quickly. I got to myself. Uh, Alice, did you just find the, the Google image result for bribery? Yes. <laughs> I was uh, about yeah. to say, it's impressive that they bribed them in euros. Yeah, I was thinking that. <laughs> back, back in the 50s. I was like, it's, I'm surprised they have photos of this. You know, Listen, the, the European steel and coal community did start fairly early on, but. <laughs> back then, they called them Euro coal bucks. Very. Uh, <laughs> Very forward thinking. God, I would buy some Euro coal bucks. That's well, that's. I was oh gonna my say, god! You, they because just, I they forgot just to undo myself. Was I just loved the idea of just I can picture the queen and her idiot fucking Habsburg ass looking son, and just goddamn dude. I like I I will say I know I'm not the best anarchist in the world, but if there's one thing I am the best in the world, it's being an anti-monarchist. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Like the second we had a king instead of a queen. I was like, Queen, bad enough. So we had a king? You expect me to... No, no, fuck you. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely not. not. Um, yeah. But, so, uh, this, this precipitates a lot... And we thought nation-states were a bad idea, just blaring in the background. Yeah. <laughs> so, this precipitates a lot of bullshit. Um, all of Lockheed's management, pretty much, is compromised, because they've all been found, like, holding a big suitcase full of cash that's immediately sprung open, and, like, thrown and $100 handing, bills handing everywhere. Handing it over to Tony Soprano's son. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mayor, uh, Mayor, Mayor Quimby saw uh, poking his yeah. head through the door. Uh, did I hear a briefcase open? <laughs> uh, and and this leads the U.S. to pass the single most violated federal law after marijuana, the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act. Um, means a law famous for working. Yeah, if I, if you are an American no, company, I... you can't bribe someone abroad, or the Justice Department will have your ass. Allegedly. I, you know, I'm going to say this. I, I, I know we have to uphold principles of socialism and internationalism and, you know, all this other stuff. 
I don't believe the government should be interfering in bribing foreign governments. I, I think I think you should just be able to do that if you want to. I, I, <laughs> Libertarian do you care? What do you care? This is the other country's responsibility. Let to them enforce it. No, I'm exactly. Sorry. No. All right. We're yeah, why are you blaming us for being your corruption? Cancel episodes. I'm well, sorry. You 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 could have just refused the money. Right. Yeah, you could have <laughs> done better. Hashtag be better. All, this shouldn't be all on us. This is internationalism means everyone. We shouldn't be having to hold the, the <laughs> all the burden here. Just stop taking the bribes. There's yeah, some not- real sort of like Department of Justice like overreach on, on this. Like, you know, the, essentially if you if you get bribed anywhere, so long as you get bribed through a US financial institution and if you get paid anything anywhere by anyone, some of it moves through a US financial institution. The Justice Department can get your ass for it. Which we love financial warfare. Sometimes they might want to do that if it's advantageous to them. Sure, yeah. yeah. This is how they like again. seized all of those Russian oligarchs' yachts and stuff. Is like, did you buy it with dollars? Because if you did, <laughs> that then you know the United States is taking your yacht. I will. Did say, you buy it with dollars? Brackets Australian. My, <laughs> my, my, my favorite days? dumb thing that the that the United States does is, and I know U.S. imperialism bad. Obviously, all imperialism is bad. But I think it's very funny when we do imperialism in law, in law enforcement to other to, to European countries, like when we yeah uh, you go to America frog, jail, <laughs> frog marched all those FIFA executives out of their like yes. Swiss hotel rooms. Yeah, <laughs> like, okay, US, U.S. marshals just being like, if we can't win the sport, we'll make it unhappy for everybody else. <laughs> look, 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 like I know we're all assumedly like some degree of of of, of anti carceral state, but. Some motherfuckers just need to go to jail, and some motherfuckers includes <laughs> FIFA. FIFA, FIFA yes, needs to go to jail. jail. Well, this is the yeah. thing. Their, put, their, put their greatest crime, their, their greatest crime was humiliating John Kerry, something which could not be allowed to stand. Because right. he was, and Bill Clinton. Both of them were there for the US uh, World Cup bid, and then uh, Carter like, bribed it out from under them, and therefore everybody got arrested. Um, oh, those guys. Those guys. We we should fuck up those guys. Oh, Casa, Cutter, yeah. I mean, yeah. I thought you were talking about Bill Clinton. No, before no, before no, no, he no. um, he's fine. Before he like became you can come senile. And get me if you want, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Clinton just in there with an M thirteen, like come and take it. <laughs> Bill Clinton, before, come on the pod. No, don't before, do that. Don't do before that. Before he lost it, that would be uh, pretty King funny. Salman of Saudi Arabia had a good line about about Cutter, which is uh, he said it's. Uh, it's an oil rig with a TV station on it, which is sorry. true. Yeah, that um, sounds about right to me. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. Before next slide, I have to do this. Hello and welcome to. Well, there's your problem. It's a <laughs> podcast about engineering disasters. With slides. My you name's know, Bill Clinton. Oh, the delirium uh, has set in. We do say twenty six minutes. The 2016 presidential <laughs> election <laughs> episode. Um. This is right. going to be the podcast we're canceled about, not the ones we came up with hypothetically. Yeah. We've already done it yeah. right now. No, no, no. We're doing the Poison Pill episodes. Uh, we're doing so the Poison Pill episodes. The, the, for, the, foreign, the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act is not the most, uh, is not the weirdest consequence of the Lockheed scandals. The hey, weirdest we're consequence we're of the Lockheed scandals. The F-104 directly into the shipping container stadium. Pretty close, 
Almost. Next, <laughs> next slide, please. The weirdest mm. consequence of the Lockheed bribery scandals was 9-11 brackets Japanese. Oh, so, oh my god. Did, what the fuck is happening here? <laughs> so, well, what is, so, I, so for a little bit of behind the scenes action, I, I, I keep, so, so I don't, uh, so you people can't hear my clicks and typing, uh, cause I get yelled at on every podcast I'm on for that. I yes. watch sports while we record this on mute, right? So I have the note. So I have a split window with the Bruins game on one and then the notes and then, but I wasn't looking at the notes and I just saw the fucking whatever nudity sex bomb cult shit this is <laughs> in the immortal words of mike staklaza all right back to 9-11 <laughs> yo i just i don't understand why people give us money i mean thank you patrons but goddamn yeah, all right so now that we're we also working like yeah, i'll be damned to, how you get my two bucks a month happy yeah. to announce that we are transitioning to softcore pornography now <laughs> uh, that's right Mm. Uh, softcore <laughs> pornography brackets Japanese. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So uh, we, I don't we, want to throw we're getting, getting getting more of those anime missiles up here, right? <laughs> that's, that's right. Uh, I I I love it when she make me go. <laughs> so, so so she on my delight. <laughs> Thank you. So we talked the about missile knows where it is because it knows where <laughs> it is. So we 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 talked about Yoshio Kodama, the fucking yakuza guy, right? Uh, the guy who's a fixer. Well, he as a consequence of uh, um, the like bribery scandal, he um, like he has a stroke basically. And what he's recovering from this stroke, he's like confined to his like mansion, which you see here uh, in Tokyo. Now, a disillusioned ultra-nationalist softcore porn actor seen here on the left called Mitsuyasu Maeno, who is also a private pilot, shows up at the airport dressed as a kamikaze and goes i am shooting a kamikaze themed porno and gets into <laughs> and gets into a piper cherokee light oh, aircraft okay. i just where... want to say if, if you if you're in i disagree with the existence of the tsa i think it it's stupid as security theater and so on and so forth but if you are in the tsa right now Someone shows up in line, dressed as a kamikaze. This is a red flag. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> he, he gets into this little Piper Cherokee, and he, he flies around over Tokyo looking for this house, which he eventually finds. And I don't he, even know where it is. <laughs> and, and he doesn't and even know where it is. He's, he's just <laughs> flying around looking for this thing. <laughs> this, is, this is why I had to recommend this 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 to Alice, not just because of the plane being dumb, but just all the dumb stuff that this plane leads to. Like, why did you just look at this shit? You look at this fucking house, it's like one story. The only way you can identify it is that the roof line changes once. I mean, it's in fucking Tokyo. You know how many buildings there are in Tokyo? Like a whole shitload. This lots man of people must have been a fucking there. 
eagle eye. This yeah. man must yeah. have like yeah. extra sensory perception. The, the spirit of the kamikaze, you know, imbues him with the ability to find this fucking house, and he nine eleven. The kamikaze it. would have had a miss. <laughs> <laughs> well, he doesn't miss. He perfectly he was a superhuman. <laughs> look, look, he was half kamikaze, half nine eleven, and a nine and a half and a half was the half that actually hit and the house. And a hundred percent porn star, and he perfectly nine eleven this dude's <laughs> house. And the funniest thing is, he fucking he nine elevens the house. He gets he you know dies instantly. Right, of course. The guy he's trying to kill, he's just in another room and he's fine. <laughs> he's just, he, he just, he just, he just he brought a bigger plane. Yeah, he, he like the seven years starring Gerard Butler. Yes, yes. <laughs> he, li- no, he, li- he survives another s- another seven years after this, and this is just my favorite Japanese ultra nationalist assassination attempt because it's like, what do we do? Fucking kamikazes, I guess. Perfectly oh. obliterates wrong side of the dude's house. Oh god. <laughs> so, what does this have to do with the F one hundred four? This Nothing. all happened because of the scandal that got like it's 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 like six degrees of Kevin Bacon. It does go back to the F one hundred four because the F one hundred four bribery scandal is why the guy got fucking like forced to resign disgrace, which forced this guy to decide I'm gonna nine eleven him. I guess oh, it's yeah, pretty was, stupid. He was what was called a kuramaku, a fixer, and he he had been paid by Lockheed to get the Japan Air Self Defense Forces. To accept the F-104, amongst other things, and in recompense of like this coming out and him, you know, uh, sort of damaging the credibility of the Japanese far right, this Nazi porn star tries to 9/11 his house. It, 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 just the, the F-104 just just leads to a series of really weird, like sometimes tragedy and farce. Uh, there's, which there's another I- example. On the next what slide. I'm seeing here is this house is remarkably resilient because oh, yeah. they flew. He flew a plane into it. It's a little right? pipe. You know what's still there? Is the roof is still there? Mm. The other roof is still there. The firefighters have shown up. They've got enough time to get a news helicopter to take a picture. And like from the exterior, the house looks fine. I, I just don't build them like they ver- used to. Very unsuccessful assassination. I think. One one of the worst I've seen. Well, we have a successful one on the next page. Oh god! And this time yeah, the F one hundred four decided to do it on its own. Uh, we're going to talk very. I swear to God, we're almost to the end, guys. Uh, it. We're going to talk about the XB seventy Valkyrie and how the F one hundred four fucking assassinated it. Um, it was originally just. It's a cool plane. It's a really cool plane. There, there is still one at Wright Patterson Air Force Base, the U.S. Air Force Museum. So luckily, it's Ooh. not like completely gone. But it originally was designed as a as a nuclear armed deep penetration strategic bomber uh, oh, in the wow. late 50s. Yeah. And but it kind of went out of uh, the, the program got canceled in large part because uh, what Alice talked about earlier, the Soviets got really good at surface to air missiles and the uh, the U.S. Air Force shifted to flying missions at low level and, and being supersonic didn't quite matter as much then. But they kept around the, the two that they built because they found they were really useful for doing uh, 
research for NASA and the Air Force on supersonic aircraft. Now, uh, they have these two around. It's the mid-60s. Vietnam's getting started. You know, you, you need to show people, hey, the Air Force is great and doing good stuff. How about we do a photo op? Yeah, um, in the Air Force. It's cool. Well, actually, this photo op was was shot at the request of General Electric because they made the engines and all these planes, and they were like, oh, "Hey, Jesus Christ. can you do can you do a I, picture with all these planes next to each other with our engines? It'll be great." For and, a second there, you said General Electric, and I I thought, "Oh, there's a general named yeah, Electric." Yeah, me too. Yeah, <laughs> general, general Electric, General, General. Yeah, it's 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 that fucking guy from Shark Girl, Lava uh, Boy. He was a fucking general. Yeah. General Electric sent him to the yeah. principal's office and yeah. smell. Gen- General Electric and General Motors, they're big rivals. Yeah. And he, so General Electric ordered this Photoshop uh, photo photo op. It always, yeah, I'm starting oh, a conspiracy well. theory well. now. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the extra airframe is still uh, the extra airframe is still puttering around in like uh, Area 51 or something. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. But but they. So they order this photo op, uh, and you might notice there with the orange tail off to the right, that is the F-104. And this is literally like one of those photos that's taken seconds before disaster. I didn't oh, put boy. the disaster one in because I just didn't feel it's like – too sad. Yeah, but basically, as not long after this photo is taken, the F-104 slams into the, like, the top of the plane, slides back across it, shears oh. the tail fins off – and the pilots at first didn't know what was happening. They said they felt like a bump, even though there's this huge flame. F-104 pilot killed instantly. Shortly after, this thing just goes into a, a, just a fucking tumble um, and an uncontrolled spin. Uh, both of the pilots initially survive. Uh, 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 they were, like, grievously injured. Uh, one of the two of them did manage to, like, live, I think, just barely like by like the skin of his teeth he managed to survive but this is kind of like the f-104's most high profile victims like this this beautiful plane and we're lucky enough it's not like sort of you know that that tupolev situation in ukraine we still have one of them but it's just like it was just like it's it's a real big sort of scar on the the soul of aviation enthusiasts and yeah so this is sort of like the most yeah big oops this is the f-104 sort of like biggest victim I suppose it would have been bigger if it had killed Chuck Yeager, but he managed to get through that one. Yeah. Uh, next slide. I think this is yeah, an Alice so, slide. Yeah. So Lockheed, Lockheed, like knows this has been sort of kind of a disaster. However, you, you know, we're in the business of sequels here in the military-industrial complex, and so um, they want to try and build a new one, rebrand it a bit but use as many of the same parts as possible, do as little to it as possible. And so that's what this is. The CL-1200 Lancer um, looks the same, is the same, you know, slightly different intakes and wing shapes and things of this nature, but um, it's, it basically was going to do the same thing better. And no one was interested, most of all, the US Air Force, because they had their new baby in the crib, the F-15. That was uh, was still the XF fifteen, I think. But uh, like that was gonna be in service pretty soon, uh, and so they wanted absolutely nothing to do with this, and it just withered on the vine. No one else was buying it, um, and so they never built more than this one mock-up. Uh, next slide, please. Yep. So 
Lockheed struggles through the 80s. Uh, in 94, merges with Martin Marietta to create Lockheed Martin, becomes woke. Um, yes. Is that Condoleezza Rice? No, that's not Condoleezza no, Rice. I, I, no, I don't think so. No. Uh, but the, the, they start putting the pronouns in, in the missiles and stuff. Um, yes. And, you know, all of it's this. It's a man or a woman or an unmarried person. It's a man and the gun is in it. <laughs> so the world war one tank categorization of gender um yes yeah so it's it's just fun to count when we get to pride month how many defense characters get rainbow logos oh yeah and then turn them off the second it's over um the second it's over i i i do have a thought about this which is for a long time i figured that when lockheed martin or whoever you know decided they were a trans ally they were simply you know lying or you know cynically uh, cynically exploiting the stuff for their own gain and then they did it often enough that um some of the worst cunts in the world starting with you know putin and whoever else decided oh wait there really is a globo homo ideology that must be destroyed at all costs by military force of lockheed martin the us government the intelligence services um, etc. to make me gay. And at this point, I feel a little like I have been involuntarily assigned to the team that also has Lockheed Martin on it, and I have some mixed feelings about that. Um, Welcome to the party, friend. Yeah. This banner being held up by a stretch of gay rebar. Yeah, gay rebar. It's gay rebar. It's gay rebar that has not yet been... Ten million dollars. The gay rebar that gets put into the gay concrete. Yeah. They put, they put gay. All right. I'm. 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 Unfortunately, I'm. I'm anti-gay at this point because I don't want any gay <laughs> it rebar. It only took three and a half hours to make you homophobic. Yeah. So yeah, I, well, I, you know, this, this, it's between this and the gas stove shit. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I, I, I feel like I, I. I still feel bad about defense contractors. <laughs> However, I. I feel a lot better about. Uh, you know, various leaders of nuclear states saying we got to, you know, de-gay the world by force, knowing that we have a sort of ten million dollar gay rebar bulwark in between me and them. So it's complicated. Uh, as for the F one hundred four, everyone drops it, apart from one organization. Next slide, please. One last rally. Yeehaw! NASA space cowboy NASA. shit. NASA. 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 Yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah, it get, it gets adopted by 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 NASA because everyone knows that Gamal Abdel Nasser was a huge fan of the F one hundred four. And they put the, they put this cool livery on it, but NASA NASA loves the F one hundred four because it goes stupid fast and it tries to kill you all the time. Which means yes. it's great preparation for flying any spacecraft. Um, and this is this is and this is the one the version that nearly kills Chuck Yeager. And there's the famous scene about it in the the 1980s film The Right Stuff, where it almost kills them. And I think they actually have an actual F-104 in that. But yeah, this is the thing that very nearly kills them out of everything he does. Yeah, they put a they put a reaction control system on it, so that like this uh, like. Has uh, like vectored thrusters that you can use to control it at like Mark II, um, and they keep one of these in flying condition, I believe, maybe even two of them, uh, and it's, it's still around. Fucking rules. Yeah. Yep. 
Figure someone's got to have one in private ownership by now, and he like flies yes, it around every once in a while, yeah. so he can so he can crash it into a church steeple. <laughs> yeah, I, look, I only if you're flying it in West hands. Germany. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think there are some in, in in private hands, and yeah, maybe you can uh, rent. Uh, you know, you, you can buy an experience the death going on one. Yeah, but directly of- directly into a low warehouse in Hamburg. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, speaking of aircraft that want to kill you that are made by Lockheed Martin, uh, final slide, please. Yeah. Uh, I put this here for uh, a reason, yeah. because I realize now it all makes perfect sense that you can draw a straight line between <laughs> the F-104 and this thing. It, it, Why it, does it have, like, drywall patching on it? That's Should the stealth. Paint over that? That's where they keep the stealth. Well, actually, yeah. so you should probably paint over that. Like, well, it, actually, it, I know it's like fine, but you should paint over that. <laughs> I, I think there's been discussions about this in aviation circles, and I think they're actually like, uh, I, I, I think some of that might actually be on purpose, uh, if I recall correctly. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I think there's been discussions about this. There's, there's a question of how much of that is it supposed to uh, be like that? How much Look like is peeling? Yeah. But no, I, I think the drywaller is just cheaped out. I, I think, <laughs> you know, I, the whole damn plane is made of gypsum board. Just a uniquely <laughs> ugly plane Wait. as well. It's just a hideous airframe. It is flame Arnold. retardant. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, you could draw, you could draw a, a basically a, uh, a straight line between sort of the, the logic that ended up with the, the, the F-104 and and the logic that gets you the F-35, because both of these on, on paper are, uh, they're, they're, they're not like, they're not terrible ideas. Like the idea of a stealth multi-role fifth generation fighter in itself is not a terrible idea. They just did it in one of the stupidest ways possible. And, and yeah, it's just, it's, it's once again, the problem isn't just like technical things. It's also like the society's, that build them like I don't want to just say it's capitalism, but a large part of it's just capitalism. You know, at the end yeah. of the day, like it all comes back to that. Also, I was wrong. I was thinking of something else. I was thinking of like an F thirty five that had like mirror skin or something that was spotted at like Area fifty one. I don't know what those little like weird things that there are are for. I think it's just it it's it's over my head. I'm not a that scientist. Would def- that would definitely be more noticeable on a mirrored one. If you had drywall seams, ah, which had not yet been painted. Ah, <laughs> I just, we can't I, see it and you can't either. I, I assume I, there's some kind of panels for like pulling for pulling stuff like out for repairs or something. Mm, I, I'm guessing they're yeah. there for a reason. I just can't remember what the reason no, is. Or, this is yeah, it's yeah, because this is a four by eight sheet of drywall. Yeah. All right. And <laughs> wrap this bitch up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This yeah. is this is this has been the, the like plane history talk. of the F one hundred four Starfighter. Yeah, we, we've been talking about plane, the movie, the movie plane, plane with Gerard Butler as the plane. Mm-hmm. That's right. In, in theaters um, now. In, in theaters four, now. Four hours. Now. Uh-huh. Or on Usenet, if you if you. Mm-hmm. If, mm, what? Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's a bonus. Who cares? Yeah, and if if you wanna if you wanna see any of the sort of technical specs or manuals of the F thirty five. What you want to do is you want to log into the War Thunder War forums. Thunder forums. <laughs> it happened thought... again. <laughs> <laughs> it keeps happening. You want to know if this this is two hour or four hour drywall on this? <laughs> <laughs> if you want to know if this is a two hour or four hour podcast? God. 
Well, oh. uh, KD, thank you so much for coming on. If people want more of your content, where can they find it? Uh, you could find me at uh, at war underscore takes on Twitter and at Komodo Dad on on Twitter. And uh, and thank you for having me on again. It was good to know that I didn't just make you all sick of me the first time. No, and quite the contrary. So it's so good we had to record it twice because yes. some of us fell asleep in the middle of it. I guess this is technically my third podcast with with you all, but more crucially, it's my first podcast being edited by Devin. I'm being devoted, so I hope you're having a nice day, Devin. Thank you. (laughs) All right. uh, Thank you for subscribing to the Patreon. Uh, If you stole this one, whatever. Uh, Understand. I I actually have business after this. Sorry. Oh, God. Are we getting audited? No, we're not getting more than that. I was about to say, I I will have to use the restroom before we do the business. Yeah, go. Okay. All right. right. Bye, everybody. Bye. All right. Off feet is in.